Thanks so much for tuning in to the OnlyFans podcast today. <laughs> I have Nick Morning of Slums of Harvard and Noah Vargas of Only Only Kings. Of OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Way to fuck up his tagline, dude. <laughs> That's the way to start it, man. You guys threw an amazing show. What, last Friday? Was it? Was it last yeah, Friday? it was last Friday. Last Friday? Or was it Saturday? Was it Saturday? Or is it, no, it was no, Friday. No, Saturday was New Year's. Friday. Yes. Yeah, 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 I can't yeah. fucking remember. Yes, that show was fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, dude, was... Thanks for coming out, man. We always appreciate your support. Well, it's funny because the guy or the band you guys that was on before you guys, mm-hmm. um, they were really good. Mm-hmm. A little bit more grunge, right? They were like, they were hella punk. Yeah, punk. Yeah. But um, Punker than fuck. But there wasn't like a whole lot of people watching. Like, no, nah. no, Not a slight to them. No, but they were great. But they were great. They yeah. were great, but there wasn't a whole lot of people. And then you guys start setting up and it's like the floodgates opened. <laughs> And people just flooded into the venue. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I think, where did all these people... You guys start playing, and the back doors open, and just like, yeah, hordes of women just come out from the back. Okay. I'm like, where, like, where are these people coming from? Like, what the fuck? And it, it finally dawned on me, like, why you guys are so popular, other than talent. It's finally dawned on me. Okay. You guys know your audience mm. extremely well. We're starting to dial that in a little yeah. bit, you know. You know them extremely well. Thanks. And I think it helps that you're a part of your own audience. Yeah. Right? You're in the same age range. Mm-hmm. The uh, the music taste is very akin. So it, it helps. Mm-hmm. And you guys love the music you play. Like, yeah. what, of course, your regular stuff, your your originals, but your uh, your covers you mm-hmm. do, too. Very well. That's the fun part, man. For, well, well, for me. I mean, yeah. I love our originals, too. Don't get me wrong. But the covers, like, I think we even said it on the last show, uh, the last uh, show we did here with you. Uh, the covers basically kind of, they let us branch out and explore musically a little bit more, you know, and they kind of push us to our, you know, kind of, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? You got to help me out on this. They push us, they push us musically and, uh, you know, we, and that's what we strive to do most of the time is just to continue to, you know, level up our playing skill and basically just kind of level up our musicianship. Cause anybody, I mean, any idiot like myself can just go around and, you know, beat the shit out of a drum kit, you know. But Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's a couple of people in this city that can prove you uh, exactly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, like, yeah, I mean, the covers are, are some of my favorite things to do because, you know, we, we choose covers not just because our audience likes it and, and, you know, but, you know, like you were saying, we are part of that audience. So the audience likes what we like to play. Uh, so the covers fit our set really, really, really well, I think. But, um, you know, we got some new originals coming out here soon that really kind of pushed us, pushed the boundary for us as a band musically, you know. Yeah, true. Is, it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't always like that. Like, we we played, a, we learned a lot of songs along the way that, um, like a lot of covers along the way that just didn't really hit mm-hmm. like we thought we, like we thought they would. Such as? Uh, like what comes to mind when you say that? Uh, what's the fucking Harry Styles song? Oh yeah, we played watermelon I sugar. I hate playing. I that mean, shit. It, don't know. I, I, no slight to him, but no. I listen to his music. No, so. he's a he's a he's a fucking it's, phenom. But no, nah, that yeah, ain't it's it. just. I mean, it's a pop song. We did we we did it all right, but it just like wasn't us. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it it didn't have that like, you know, blink blink one eighty two yeah. yellow card fucking. Uh, so why did you boy. choose it in the first place? Like, what was the thought process? Because obviously you're not setting yourself up for, to fail. But no. what yeah. was the? Well, I mean, it, it's just. A, I mean, it's just a huge song, okay. and we. Uh, I mean, it's pretty groovy, so that's, and it was kind of like when we were like in the summer when we were writing more like pop, you know, funk heavy stuff, 
Um, and Nev's all like Nev's a huge fan of Harry Styles. That's one of his like biggest inspirations. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we we had been talking about doing that song for a while, and then we actually did it. And I mean, it, it really wasn't bad, but we nah. just I mean we don't have. Um, that's just not really our our pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to kind of add on to that, it wasn't bad per se. I mean, like I get a lot of people, even my friends and even my dad, he's like, when are you going to bust out watermelon, watermelon sugar again? I, oh, I really? tell them all the time. I say never, <laughs> yeah. I say never dude. And that's just a me thing though. It's just, it's not my like particular style. Third time dude, that's you're happened. getting caught up <laughs> on your own headphones. Third dude. Time that's happened. dude, come on. I know. <laughs> Let's get it together. <laughs> But no, it's just so. Did you feel like when you guys were playing that, or maybe afterwards, like was it while you were playing or after you played the song that it was like this is not our yeah. thing? We played it. Uh, a couple we played times. it a few times. Yeah, yeah, we played it at Marble. We played okay. it. We even played it at New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at Chop Chili Company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smiths, Albertsons, Sprouts. John Brooks, and Lowe's Corner Market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here, and they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchilico.com, and get yourself some amazing chili today. Because um, that like, that was when that song was really, really big, um, and we knew that that crowd was a lot younger than our normal crowd because it was mostly like 18-year-olds that were like brand new to college. Mm. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we threw that in there. I mean, it, it just uh, it just wasn't as as gripping as we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like how when we do, you know, sugar, we're going down, or all the small things where like the entire crowd is just losing their mind. Well, how crazy is it? So you said they're like mostly it's like it's like eighteen, nineteen, possibly twenty, right? Because you have some old freshmen in, in college. Yeah. But when you play stuff like all small things, um, Ocean Avenue, Hol- yeah. Holiday, yeah. Those songs are older than those kids. They're fucking classics, which though, is dude. they're bangers. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> that is so strange. Like I was, I don't ever listen to the radio, but my car, like last week, it like the audio system made a mistake and it went to the radio instead of my Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And I forget what station it was, but it, the guy was saying, "Yeah, we're playing classic rock." And then fucking oh. Green Day came on. Shut the fuck oh, up. Geez. Well, yeah, they've been around since what, like the eighties, yeah. uh, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Green oh, Day's no. been around since. The yeah, where's yeah. you been? Because uh, I'm born. Not, I mean, I'm I born, wasn't dude. born in the late '80s. <laughs> the, their very first album, I think, was '89, yeah. like '87 around there. That's that sounds about right. Because they didn't pop off until Dookie, and that was like '92. Okay, '92, yeah. '93. When did When did the American Idiot album come out? That was 2003. Okay, that's why. That's when I. Album that's knowledge. when I first got introduced to Green Day. Was yeah, me too. Was that American Idiot album? But I was also a lot younger when that came out. Yeah, like I was only fucking like seven years old, Same. like yeah. eight years old when that album came out. Yeah. Um. The only reason I got it was because my dad fucking hated George Bush. Hated- <laughs> <laughs> what? What the fuck? The well, most. Uh, oh, okay, I get it. Well, because that it, whole it. album is a American protest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, protesting the Iraq wars, protesting the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all that album is. Yeah. So, um, just like holiday, holiday, the song you guys yeah. played is a protest. Yeah. I sure. gotta say, so as I heard the riffs, I was like, oh shit, doing Green Day. Oh, that's holiday. And then about 30 seconds into the song, I was like, are they going to say the word fag? 
Oh, because yeah, of the song? Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that is that PC for this crowd? I like looked around. I'm like, oh, these are all a bunch of liberal college types. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. And no, I see like the colored hair, the little like whatever piercing that is, girls yelling out fag. I'm like, oh, so it's okay now. Yeah. But if people say it anywhere else online, okay, cool. Never mind. It's art. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Art. Yeah, music's kind of that freedom of expression too, you know, at the same time, you know, without getting into you know, in too deep about that whole conversation. It's a, uh, you know, why would we, you know, obviously holidays are a hit. It's a classic song. Everyone yeah. loves that song. So why would we do it discredit by not saying the lyrics that were provided? You know, that is a perfect answer. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think it would be kind of a, you know, it wouldn't be the proper homage to give to green day. If we were to censor ourselves, if we play that song. Yeah, so, no, I agree. And yeah. like, I feel like there was a, at least, um, amongst my friend group when I was a lot younger, there was like, I think they're both equally influential, but there was that split. It's like you were a Green Day fan mm-hmm. or you were a Blink fan. Mm-hmm. And their influence that they had on, on all the bands that came after, and then including you guys, right. like obviously the way you guys play is, I mean, it's monumental. Thank you. And it's absolutely yeah, crazy. Thank you, man. Um, and I mean that in all the best ways well, to you guys because you guys are that. fucking great. <laughs> well, what was you, funny dude. is I remember after the show, uh, I was talking to Nicole, and I was like, these motherfuckers should be playing like Isleta. Like, oh, thanks, what dude. is going on? That's, yeah. the, that's the goal. That's that the is the goal, man. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's uh, baby steps, you know. Because you guys have your first out of state uh-huh. next Friday, right? Yeah, man. Yep. Or this Friday. Uh, not not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Yeah, right. 13th. So the 13th. Yeah. Okay. So when this comes out, you'll be in Arizona. Yeah, we'll be Tucson. in Tucson, man. No Partying shit. it up down there, dude. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. How'd you guys land that? Should ask our promoter, Leroy. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we've been trying to get out of state for a long time. Um, and like I, I've said it before, like the Rhythms, they're kind of they're kind of like our big brother band. So we were... Um, I went to see them one time and they were... They brought these dudes from Tucson called Desert Fish, mm-hmm. uh, another like rock reggae band. And so I went to that show and those dudes were super fucking cool. Yeah, they're fucking cool dudes. Um, and I was like, we gotta, I mean, we gotta get out there soon and you guys gotta come back for sure. And they like, they were super cool. And then I just really asked Miles from Rhythms. I was like, we're trying to get to Tucson. Do you know anybody? Um, and he's like, obviously hit up the Desert Fish guys, hit up those guys. And then he said this other band, ZC Keeley, same, same genre, like reggae rock, a uh, little bit of rap. And then they hit us back. And they put us on this massive, massive bill, like this mm-hmm. massive show. It's called, at this place called 191 Tool um, is where we're playing. And Toby said he's like been in, like been following this venue for a while. He says it's massive, like it's a huge venue, like El Rey size almost. The podcast is brought to you today by OrganicPriceBooks.com. Uh, I love comic books. That is absolutely no secret to any of my friends, family, or listeners. And right here is just some of the comics that I have either bought or gotten sent to me by the fine folks over at Organic Price Books. As you can tell, they have a wide selection from DC, Independent, Marvel, and they have become the number one spot for everything omnibus, oversized hardcover, or just general collected editions. No matter what you want, they've got it. Go to their website and at checkout, use our promo code, just my name, Noah, N-O-A-H, to get additional discounts on top of what they already offer, which ranges anywhere from 30 to 50% off. OrganicPriceBooks.com, use my promo code, Noah, N-O-A-H, and start reading comics today. So it's not like we're not going over there and just playing like a random bar. We're playing like a legitimate, venue, well-promoted show with two 
pretty big name bands from Tucson, which is really fucking sweet to for that to be our first out of state show. Yeah, yeah we're kicking <laughs> off twenty twenty three with a fucking bang. Yeah, dude, you know. So what's the uh, what's the plan going into that? Like, what's your guys' mindset? How do you approach this type of show? Like, uh, I'm not saying like you have to give like your set list or anything. Because right. so, what time is it? Just out of curiosity, Arizona time that you'll be going. The yeah, show starts. I think it's we'll um, probably play around eight or nine. Yeah. So tonight at eight or nine o'clock at this venue, check them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah this will come out at eleven thirty the day of the show. Oh no shit. So nice. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So not to give away the set list or anything, but. How do you compose that set list? What's your mindset going into it? Like, uh, I think it's just just pull out all the stops. Because this yeah. the, is this going to be the biggest thing you guys have done? Nah, I mean not well, not, not besides yeah. New Mexico State. Exactly, it's okay. going to be one of the bigger ones. Um, I think yeah, it's just pull it's, out all the exposure stops. wise. It, would you say it's the biggest? Yeah, maybe. Well, that's, because that's I don't a, know how big. That's a hard thing to okay. kind of like Gauge. determine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you know when you're talking about exposure, uh, it could go in a lot of ways. Like exposure for us has been just you know, how can we become popular first in our local scene, right? And so now we check that off the box. Now how do we branch out into uh, different areas and different demographics? Um, so this is kind of just the beginning of one of our, like, written goals is yeah. kind of just checking this off. So it's it's a – to say it's our biggest show is – it's it's a yes and a no. You know, you know we've played shows in front, in front of a 1,000 kids and, you know uh, – We've played large shows before, but it's our first kind of like uh, invited to a different state, different venue, yeah. more exposure kind of thing. So it would be, it, it is pretty big for us, you know, uh, and we're, we're obviously, we're trying to get on the road more. We're trying to play more shows and write more music all the time, but we're really excited for this one. And, and we're just, for me, I tr I'm going to treat it like every other show because all the shows that we play are incredibly fucking. We pull out all the stops all the time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So true. But so, now, yeah. I mean, this last year, I feel like we kind of dialed it in. Yeah. What songs hit the hardest? Exactly. And like, um, we've kind of refined our set here in Albuquerque, and then now we can go back to those songs. You know, the songs that we've got tired of playing because we played them so much mm -hmm. this last year. Obviously, bring those back because we're like those songs that we got tired of playing hit harder than some of the songs we're playing now. Mm -hmm bring those older ones back um we even well it's uh it's gonna be i mean these are two um reggae bands out there so it's gonna be a bit of a different crowd than we usually play with right um you know everybody's um i assume is gonna be you know toking it up pretty high <laughs> um but uh so yeah we're gonna throw in one of our older originals that's a bit more of a chill song to kind of throw in the middle of the set to kind of be, be like you know, we're this super hype band, but we also have this song. It's a lot more melodic. Yeah, yeah it's a lot more like... melodic. It's a lot more groovy. Okay. Um, rather than just you know fucking gas pedal. Some, I mean, we've played shows like we played 420 last year at Marble. Yep. Um, and then the other 420 show at Launchpad a few days later, and it was definitely different for us because I mean, <laughs> it was like, weird. Man. I mean, you saw you saw on uh, on Friday, most of our crowd's pretty pretty drunk like. It was late at night. Yeah, yeah. yourself included. Like that's the <laughs> that's the definitely the demographic we're going for is like people who are drunk and ready to fucking party. Yeah. Um, you so, know what's funny? Not not to cut you off. So in one of so the very first time you guys came on, you made a comment. Yeah, we sell drinks. So yeah. flash forward to Friday night. I walked out. I was like, okay, no, I'm not gonna stay out too late. I'm just gonna have like a drink, maybe two, go home. You blew your wad at the bar, and didn't you, dude? well, oh, because you so, were one of the last people in there. Yeah, like, I, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I had like two, and then you guys got. I was like, man. 
man, this is good. This is good music. I'm going to go get another drink. And as I'm getting my second drink and I'm walking, I'm like, these motherfuckers sell drinks. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he was right. The prophecy has been foretold, bro. I got you on that shit. Man. Oh, we yeah. even gave you a warning. Yeah. <laughs> we tell oh, you yeah. what happens, bro. You know, so you can't say you walked in blind. Oh, no. No, and definitely not. this isn't not. your first slump show but either. It, it just dawned on me. I was like, yeah, this is, this is a good time. Well, no, and it's funny because, like, you guys bring such a, like, not that I ever let my guard down in Albuquerque because you can't. Right. But, like, compared to other concerts that I've been to, big and small, like, yours is definitely the best um, aura, like, environment. Thank you. It feels safer. Yeah. yeah. Than that's normal. what we want, dude. That's Which want. there isn't a very high bar for that, but you guys still do it well. Yeah, man. Yeah. We, we don't want people coming in beating the shit out of each other, you know, even walking out of the bar like pissed off. We want you to yeah. come in and enjoy yourself and freaking maybe even just try and find some peace and just good music and drinking with your buddies. Yeah. yeah. Just leave happy, like excited that you went out, excited that you fucking. You Listen know. to some pretty fucking cool music and yeah, like just saw yeah, Toby just, smile a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like we just want people. Like that's one of the main goals is just every time we play, make sure people have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's starting to kind of flood out a little bit more. It is. People are telling their friends now. Like most of our crowd. I mean, when we first started, it was just our friends, and we have like we have a bunch of friends, so our crowds were pretty big. And now, like. M- I'd say like three quarters of the people at these shows I don't know. No, well, what was hilarious to me is I had this guy on uh, three, four weeks ago. Maybe his name's Gerald. Really sweet guy, like one of the nicest guys that I've fucking had on. To be honest, he's a ex MMA fighter. He's currently a uh, like an artist, like an actual like painter, stuff like that. Yeah, um, recovering addict. Really great. Not for the faint of heart conversation that we had, but it was a very good, heavy conversation. Yeah. And we were talking about the current art scene in Albuquerque, like art across the board, right? So movies, film, or movies, film, you know, uh, music, podcasting, and physical art like he does. And he's naming off all the bands that he listens to. Like, yeah, you've had these guys like Simon Montero. And he goes, yeah, you have Slums of Harvard. They're in my playlist right now that I listen to on a regular basis. And Hell I, yeah. And I, and I just, I didn't want to cut him off, but I just sat there like, motherfucker <laughs> doing the damn thing motherfucker that's thing. so cool yeah. yeah but so anyway to go back to what you're saying about the 420 shows that you were playing um comparing that crowd to your typical crowd which is a lot more uh a lot more mellow yeah, yeah, like a, lot, yeah. a lot more mellow exactly. i mean and it, it it uh it took a while to kind of warm up like when we first started we were like we got to come out of the gate swinging like we always do fucking and we're just so loud and in your face like from the jump and I mean, when people are high, you don't really want to get blasted in the face with a bunch of noise. Yeah. Uh, you kind of want to chill and, and relax a little bit. Um, but yeah, it took a while. Like the second half of the set, I would say was a lot more mm-hmm. of the vibe than the first half of the set. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We we're just trying to blow the fucking roof off the place like we always do when we get up, like when we come out. But it was definitely a learning experience for us too. For that sure. was definitely one of the things where we have like we learned how to, to develop the set to the crowd and to the scene that we're going to, especially the venue that plays a big part now. So it's it like our process and how we create a set and how we structure our songs in that set is definitely the uh, a lot of it comes into play where where we're playing, who we're playing to now. Yeah. You know, so like Lira was saying is that at those 420 shows it's going to be a little bit more melodic and a little bit more funk and groove and you know at yeah. a i mean it, that's because that's what reggae is like it's yeah. just a fucking groove straight up non-stop yeah. the entire show and it's just like sometimes it gets a little more energetic and a little like more high tempo and then other times it's just like 
you know, it's just the fucking groove. You just got to ride the, the reggae ride the wave. fucking wave, well, dude. And so has there ever been a time where you're playing for a crowd and maybe you're thinking this set's not hitting as hard as we thought? Maybe that song, it did well, but not supposed to be expected. And you actually start to edit the set list mid-show. Yeah. Maybe you take out a song. Yes. Inject, like So what comes to mind? Like uh, so, Sometimes the crowd's getting, like, hyping up faster than we anticipated. Because we obviously want it to be kind of a build, and then the end of it is obviously the peak. Um, so sometimes the crowd's already there, and we have another song like in between that and the end, where it's like where the energy kind of drops. Yeah, down drops a little, a little bit. bit, and then so we're kind of like we got to cut this song and then just go just go for broke and just go all the way finish this strong like all the way through rather than bringing people back down and bringing them back up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's happened a couple times, you know, and there was a. You know, when we first started covering Everlong, uh, that was... That was cool to see at Marble. Oh, yeah. That was really... A cool, I turned into my friend that I had ran into there, uh, and I was like, is this, this Foo Fighters? Yeah, man. What the fuck? Yeah. And yeah. you guys <laughs> killed that Thank song. You, man. Because I feel like Foo Fighters is one of those bands that people just don't cover yeah. unless they are so confident that they're yeah. going to nail it on the head. Well, oh, they, yeah. And you they guys grow, did. Man. Even, a year, even a year ago, there's, we couldn't even come no, close to that song. No fucking we, way. We couldn't even touch that song. Well, Dave Grohl's a fucking genius. I was about to say, there's know. so much respect oh, for God, that man. Yeah. Oh, God. Now, yeah. across all art forms, I feel like everyone... Thank you. Everyone has respect for him, yeah. but especially in like the rock, grunge, yeah. punk scene, it's yeah. like, you don't touch it unless you're absolutely confident that you can kill it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... And to like just to speak on his homage, uh, you know, he we all know he started off as a drummer for Nirvana and things like that, but he produced Queens of the Stone Age. He's a fucking wait, really, he, dude? You didn't fucking know that? I then they're one of my favorite bands. Oh no way, yeah, dude. He plays the drums on the the whole album. What's the fucking album? Um, I'll have to get the name of it, but he plays the fucking drums on that album. He produced that album. Their best album is um, Songs for the Deaf. That's it. No fucking that's way. That's the fucking. Are you kidding me? You didn't know that's Dave on the uh, the drums. Dude? It makes sense. Ooh, it makes sense, buddy. Now. You have you heard that album? Uh, no, I haven't. It's it's. I've shown you like clips, tiny little snippets. See, and okay. you can't listen to that in clips. It tells. Yeah. It see what I love about that album. Honestly, is the same reason why I love American Idiot so much because mm. it tells a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, granted, American Idiot is a lot more of a direct story, right? About these two characters that grow up as drug addicts and this that, and the other. But the story of uh, songs for the deaf is a lot more of like the. Like the energy of the album, like it 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 puts you in like a western like how would you describe it? It's like a western like desolate like it's meant for a road trip exactly. Like the the album's meant for a road trip, Precisely. especially here in the southwest. Yeah, um, it's really good though. Like it starts in and out like well, it starts with uh, like a really fucked up radio station tuning in and mm -hmm. out, and then it goes like throughout the album it'll sprinkle it in there. Exactly, mm -hmm. it's it gives you like a like for me anyway. It gives me like the like an apocalypse just happened. Yeah, and there's one Ooh, I like that. Take and there's on like that. and there's like one radio station still playing, and it's these really fucked up songs. Not fucked up like in their content, but in the way they sound, the way they play. Yeah, like they start playing some Spanish music, like tuning into that radio. Yeah, like it, it just kind of fades in and out. It's an incredible. It's such a good fucking album. I would encourage you and anybody listening to listen to that album if they just kind of want to study the theory of music and the thought process that actually goes into the writing these songs. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. And I know it's not necessarily your taste. It's pretty, it's kind of, it, there's some songs that are pretty fucking heavy hitting, which I love. And they come yeah. out of nowhere. Fuck yeah. It comes out of yeah. nowhere. It's so, it's so it's, good. It's a great <laughs> fucking album. But yeah, Dave, he, I fuck, I idolize that dude. You know, yeah. like, you know, so 
he uh, he produced that album he wrote he did all the music all of it guitar bass vocals drums on the very first foo fighters album yeah you were telling me about that it's incredible shit uh but like with everlong you know he wrote the drum parts and you know uh foo fighters it's not just a fucking rock band dude they're musically inclined you know what i mean it's not you know when people a lot of people's misinterpretation of rock music and metal and things like that is like it's just a bunch of fucking noise but if you if you listen it's just it's just a one one riff that yeah you couldn't be you couldn't be more fucking wrong you know well that's the biggest criticism of bands like green day and Blink-182, and Yellow Card, and, uh, like, Fountains of Wayne, and Mm. all those guys, they, the biggest criticism is that they're, like, the power chord heroes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you do a couple power chords, you have a a cute little 20-second solo, (laughs) and as long as your drums can keep a tempo, and you say you hate the government, you are now a insert whatever pop punk band you want to talk about yeah. you could criticize it all you want but it fucking works and but it's it, good music yeah yeah well at its at its best it's so much more than even at, oh, its, yeah. at its worst like the worst green day album i really enjoy which one well recently it's their uh the father of all motherfuckers oh, or see, whatever I it is no fucking clue what you're talking about yeah it's the one they put out Right after the pandemic started, it's oh, just yeah, no. it's a lot more poppy. Oh, they sold, they sell out. There's a couple songs on there that like still sound like Green Day. Yeah, but the majority's kind yeah. of yeah. The oh, rest is kind of eh. that's that's, a shame. Su- that's actually super weird because pop punk like that genre is coming back in a huge way. Like yes, like it's just but came, of- yeah, it came out and I feel like it came out of nowhere. And for them to like go away from that when it's like what they created is coming right. back, you would think they'd kind of. Yeah. Go back to it a little bit, and I agree. But. It's I think it's also just because the, the way that pop punk is coming back, at least the way that I because I find out a lot of the stuff like Spotify recommending me stuff, the Discover right. Weekly, all that kind of stuff. It's coming back, but it still has like the screams attached to it. Yeah, that um, stuff like of mice and men, attack, attack, uh, a day to remember. Yeah. All those guys kind of made popular. It's still attached to the pop punk that we that's returning or coming yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's 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 weird how poppy they got yeah. for that album. And a yeah. lot of bands are doing that. You know, like you were talking about A Day to Remember. They fucking sold out, I'd like to say. Like, well, A Day to Remember. Oh, no. Don't tell me you have a different take. Yes, man. because oh. A Day to Remember, I liked You're Welcome. I liked that album a lot. I understand that they only had one really hard song on there. Eh. But then um, they answered. Have you heard their latest song, Miracle? Dude, I stopped. I yeah, stopped. no. Listen to I, Miracle because it is only hard. Really? It is it is a it is a direct answer to all the criticism that you're welcome got. I, yeah, like I turn it's like yeah, that's what I thought. It's like okay, it's gonna be another Viva Mexico or whatever mm-hmm. song, but no, it's heavy. They switched ninety percent of the way. Okay, thank God, which is phenomenal. Yeah, because I thought the biggest freaking loss that the world ever took was a day to remember switching to the more fucking electronic kind of pop kind of music. That was for one song with Marshmallow. Oh, horse shit, dude. That was for one even, song. Uh, even their most popular song, what's it called? If It Means a Lot to You? That, yeah. That slow acoustic song? Yeah. Incredible vocals, don't get me wrong. Right. And don't get me wrong, I know it word for fucking word. Yeah, same. Who our age doesn't? <laughs> no, I know, but it's like, fuck. You know, that's not a day to remember for me. You know what I mean? Like, Second Sucks and like, things like... I was like, about to say, like, Second Sucks, because I saw them live. That's a day you can forget. Yeah, um, <laughs> forgettable day. You don't even know what we're talking about, baby, but I appreciate that. Yeah. So what's man. funny is they came and they were attached to um, Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this was in 2017. What a bill. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was um, Avenged, 
fuck some other little band a day to remember and then it wasn't corn there was one more band on there for you who it was big name band kind of yeah i think okay. so but anyway it was so funny to me because they did i was in the pit and they did um if it means a lot to you mm. and i was like oh this is a great song like, it was great live yeah but i looked around and there were people like actively sobbing oh and i'm yeah. like what the fuck it means a yeah. lot well, that song then, means a lot to people right. and, but then they were like all right and this is second sucks and yeah. it just kicked <laughs> off right <laughs> and after people start killing each other oh i love that yeah fuck. yeah it was good but their new their new song is great um their new song is great i uh have you heard attack attacks new stuff no dude it's interesting it's not bad there's a couple songs because they call it an album it's more of an ep mm. and there's a couple songs on there that are super heavy old school attack attack but okay. there's only one member of the band from the original lineup mm. it's either the bass player or the drummer okay and like some of it's okay but like press f is fucking great okay and dear wendy is fucking great the rest of it's kind of meh mm. but the the original singer he went to become the new lineup, uh, or the, like the updated lineup for Of Mice and Men. Oh, I don't know if you fucking, knew that or not. I fucking love Of Mice and Men. Yeah, so everything after... Uh, of Mice and Men or Monsters and Men? Of Mice and Men. Of, of Mice, Mice and, and Men. Isn't that the book? But well, they're also yeah, a band. Yeah, the band's better than the book. Yes. Because okay. I, like I don't have to read like the, the movie. Yeah, right? exactly. I fucking <laughs> yeah. can't We read. learned last time how you don't like reading. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I can't read, so the band's miles better. The movie's always better than the book. That's a scientific fact. That is one of my most, like, every so often I'll scroll through my stuff, like, what, what's, like, hitting with people better, but doing better analytics. And one of the things I always rewatch is you telling the story of popcorn reading. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep rewatching that. Man, that's Shit. my fucking life people are laughing about. And I, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, it's fine, it's fine with me, but I'm like, you guys are fucking dicks, dude. I, I can't, I'm not a good reader, man. I'm, I'm not either. I'm starting to realize how bad I'm struggling now with reading. It's a fucking I, perishable skill, dude. When's I, the fucking, when's the last time you picked up a book never i you I never can't, remember, I can't, I can't fucking i can't remember why are you that. giving me shit about my popcorn reading? well that was in high school when we were oh, reading in front of the class i'm saying as when a grown man I'm now it's a little a, different it's absolutely different i am fucking struggling i was telling i was telling my girl the other day we uh whenever i'm watching a movie and it like it opens up with you know like a title page and then they have like you know, this happened on this date. And oh, so this Star Wars is exactly. impossible for you. Oh, then. oh, no, no, yeah. oh especially if it's moving. That's 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 rough. You gotta pause if it. it's standing still, yeah, dude, I have to pause that shit because I can't read that fast. And it's like I feel like it's at the normal speed, like the normal speed the of people reading who read. speed of the United yeah, States. Yeah, the average or reading speed of people, and every single time I'm like fuck i didn't catch all of that okay let me see if i can catch it in the second slide figure out the context wait i'm already thinking about the first slide and now the second slide i'm behind and then now that one's gone i'm three slides in and i have no idea how this movie's starting out yeah so that's for all you people who can't read out there man we're, yeah we're right there, we're right there with i you, understand man. your struggle i can't read. the most reading i do is the subtitle i do throw the subtitles on that's just because I'm hard of hearing a little bit. Same. Yeah, I saw. Same. It. But yeah. like, it, it doesn't take away from the movie for me. It puts me a little bit more into it. I'm, I, I like. I know what they're saying. I'm not a. I'm not a big subtitles guy. No one. Because I also. A lot of people aren't. I also. I. I don't know. I like to watch movies in silence. I don't. Oh, me like, too. I'm not Wait, a big. I'm not a big like movie talker. Like, oh my god, this is gonna happen. Oh my god, what do you think is gonna happen? Okay, like, that's I'm not that me. Guy. See, it depends on who I'm with, but I prefer to shut the fuck up during a movie. Yeah, well, because I'm yeah. here to watch the movie exactly that's well, why i'm here yeah but what i've noticed though is every every not, not to be sound like a sexist but like every woman i've watched a movie with 
subtitles. No. Uh-huh. Every single time, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. And I'm that every woman, dude. I am that every woman. <laughs> Nick is I am every that woman. Every woman, dude. Well, it's because I like. Uh, if it's an incredible movie that I'm like sucked into, sucked into, I won't say a word. But like for the majority of the time, like I always kind of like have to be the guy that likes. I told you, I knew this was gonna happen. I knew this oh, was gonna that's happen. My Did you guess? Least so? favorite I person. Is, I was I'm telling that, him about I'm this the other day. That's my asshole. least favorite yeah. person. I, at least I have the self awareness to admit that I am that fucking dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you're a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's okay for me, man. You know, but it just works it works for me dude that's how that's how i get into it is of like oh yeah i bet you this happens how much you want to bet this guy's gonna reminding the viewers that i am better than them no is why is what makes movies great for me (laughs) (laughs) no but i was gonna say you should you should make you should go back on our our other two episodes in this one and Make a compilation of every time Nick like digresses on himself and because every single time it's just not a bad guy like he just takes in the deepest breath, lets out the deepest breath, hey, and then starts talking again. Hey, and there's man. at least fifteen of those in these episodes. Well, I think it'd be funny to just watch <laughs> Nick breathing for like forty-five seconds. I got big lungs, dude. And plus, and then I gotta collect the pause in public speaking. The I breath know. lets you collect your thoughts, asshole. Okay, but not only that. Not only, so to add to your point, actually, because I was having this conversation a couple nights ago. So learn it again. So He's learning to do that, right? So. um it's a psychological trick that I read about mm. where if you, if you, you know, granted that the prerequisite to this is, you know, exactly what you're saying. Like you have to be confident in what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, what your full statement or statements are going to be. And so when you have that formulated in your brain, if you know what the, like the ending point or what the, like the real, like, uh, the stinger of your statement's going to mm-hmm. be like the, the punchline, like the impactive thing, the punchline or whatever it is, if you, just speak normally to your don't force anything just speak up to that point and then take a small pause collect your thoughts and then make your final either like a couple words or whatever it is if you time that pause right whoever you're speaking to whether it's a, a one person a couple people or an audience their their brain because when you're speaking to somebody or you're watching somebody speaking you're actually engaged your brain all it's doing while it's collecting data is it's doing pattern recognition hmm. right so it's saying okay the inflections of his voice or her voice, when it goes a little higher, that means more than whether they're lulling out and then higher. Blah, 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 blah. And anyone who's been in any sort of fucking lecture knows what I'm talking about, right. right? So then when you break that pattern recognition, the audience, whoever, if it's, like I said, one person or a couple people or a whole auditorium, when you break that pattern, their brain freaks out and it hyper-focuses on what uh-huh. you're saying. And again, the prerequisite has to be you know what you're talking about right. and you've captivated your audience, right? right? The two things. Take that back. Two things. So if you take that little pause and then hit it, right, mm-hmm. that last point is that more impactful. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, maybe I'm just impacting our fucking audience. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, maybe I just know a little bit more out here. Maybe I'm <laughs> noticing maybe I'm noticing your impact too much. <laughs> hey man, it's it's the drummer life, bro. It's you know how drum. it goes. It's just it's the way it goes, Speak. man. I may be I may be in the back, but I'm the show, baby. Come Dude, on. you okay, I'll be like I'm the show, right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, dude. Because I'll be, I'll no, because people in the audience, I'll hear like during your fucking set, I'll be able to go like, damn, the fucking like the compliment, it'll compliment all you guys mm-hmm. to be honest. But every single time, it's like that drummer's fucking loud. Yeah, dude. Every that, single uh, time, and there's a video you guys put. I can't remember if it's like on your TikTok or your Instagram, 
where it's a video of you about to murder this drum set, and it says "Play for the back." Play for the people in the back. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. during Everlong, man. And you don't have a uh, like a backdrop to you. No. It's completely open. Mm-hmm. Where was that? I was that inside, inside out. out. Yeah. Okay, that video blew up for Nick. Yeah, that's... I got about like 40 yeah, because you were about to fucking like put. You might as well start stabbing the fucking <laughs> drum set <laughs> when you were done. Yeah, dude, it's fucking. It's crazy. It's crazy seeing and like hanging out with different drummers. Like obviously hanging out with him. He's playing like through the kit like he's fucking smashing the kit as hard as he can and you can hear it and you can feel it from the first day he showed up at practice i felt a difference like i just felt a difference in my fucking chest like he fucking hits you in the chest with his drums whereas like other drummer friends that i have like tina from mango cake she's like so fucking technical and groovy Mm -hmm. and like she like it's like she's levitating on top of the kit and like lightly (laughs) fucking tap dancing on it Mm -hmm. she's like so fucking swaggy with it well that sounds like equally skillful but just in a different exactly in a different realm yeah and you and you can tell the difference in their kits too because i played on his kit i messed around on his kit and then i messed around on tina's kit where she's more of like a funk um like jazz pop drummer and then he's just playing like rock shit. And when I'm playing Nick's kit, like I have to fucking hit it. Like there's no way around it's it. It's a lot tighter. I think it's, is it looser? It's a little bit more loose. Yeah. Oh, so you I, don't, to, I don't know shit I like, about I drumming. Like a, yeah. I like a little more dead kind of a sound. Yeah. You so know? you have to okay. fucking hit it. To make oh, because that sounds... means the tighter it is, the lighter you hit, the exactly. more sound you the get. More, but if it's the looser, the stick bounces up. you yeah. have to ride. Right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. My so, stick doesn't bounce very much. No, it does not. And so I'm super fucking, I am such a novice. So I'm like playing Nick's kit, like trying to be all groovy. And I'm like, it's not making any sound and then i'll go to tina's house and play on her kid i'm like this feels good like i'm not i'm putting in no effort this shit's bouncing up nice and easy i, yeah. I feel like a, a, a semi decent drummer right yeah, now and she's then I got play, a mad feel you know oh yeah Tina's and a, like it, it shows in her playing and her technical ability for sure she's like a, she's got mad feel bro she's a fucking monster whereas i'm just trying to absolute bury a fucking stick into like the bottom of my resonant head at the bottom of my drum yeah because well, like the way because i've obviously the way i've seen you play it's like because when i was a little kid going up through like middle school and then high school i was super into basketball and the way that i was i was taught when you're shooting is you don't aim for the like the actual hoop you aim for the back of the rim yeah and nine times out of ten you'll get it so i feel like that's how you play it's like you're not just trying to hit the thing you're trying to like you just said you're trying to hit through the kit yeah and it's you're even, fucking loud yeah even <laughs> I, same, thank you same thing it's the same thing with like a good ball handler like you have to throw the ball into the ground like yes. you have to be forceful while you're yes. dribbling you have to be, have to be um deliberate yeah exactly and that's how nick drums is like he's smashing that shit through the drum every single hit as a vocalist to have a drummer like that backing you up does that like empower you to a point where it's like okay like because the way i always kind of viewed it i've never been in a band obviously i've never performed on stage or anything like that but the way i've always kind of digested it is like the best performing bands not necessarily like the studio bands but the performing bands for the vocalists the better support they have from the back up that empowers their ability to sing oh absolutely and so hearing the fucking like tribal drums <laughs> from yeah. the back the whole, does yeah. that not like the empower whole... you to absolutely blow the roof off the fucking venue yeah i mean for sure i'm not even from like a sound perspective but from like an energy perspective anytime yeah. i'm looking out at the crowd and i'm not getting the feedback that i need to like amp it up more i'm every single time i look back at nick and i make eye contact with nick and we start rocking out for a few seconds and i'm like all right my energy's back time to go feed that to the crowd like i'm kind of like i'm like i'm i'm not feeling it nick's always feeling it i know i can lean on him and then i'll go back to the crowd and kind of i try to relay nick's energy to the crowd a lot of the times 
And what kind of what kind of challenge was that for you guys to build up your confidence? Because like obviously, seeing you guys play last Friday, I mean, you guys like you know what you're doing. You're deliberate. You're there. You're in the moment, and it's very obvious. Yeah. Like I I can just pick it out just remembering the show. Like you and Nevin are very much in your zone. Um, you're confident in what you're singing, and you you dance a bit more than Nevin does, but it's obvious that Nevin loves what he's doing. Yeah, I look at Johnny and Zach, and they're very technical. They're they're fucking focused as shit. Yeah, and then uh, Toby is obviously very talented, and yeah, just like you said a little bit earlier, he's just smiling. Toby yeah, smiles. That's, that's what gets like, you, baby. It's like he's fucking Superman with his laser it's eyes, and he's just dude. melting yeah. women. It's yeah. throughout up. the entire <laughs> and a couple of dudes. <laughs> It's 2023, bro. A couple of dudes. Dude, he's just it's melting. Okay. It's oh, okay yeah. to admit that he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, oh, he's okay. handsome as fuck. Goddamn and then, right. And yeah. then you're in the back just absolutely destroying. Thank you. But I would imagine that it took a bit to get there. So when there were moments, um, like in the beginning of you, guys play, of you guys going out and playing live, if you maybe weren't getting, like you just said, the energy reciprocated from the crowd, like what do you have to do for yourself? As and why, that's why I love having you guys like together on the pod, honestly, because you're in the front and you're in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great contrast for yeah. a band. Like chemistry aside, like it's a great contrast in my opinion. Yeah. So what do you guys have? Like what have you had to do in the past to maintain that confidence level? Because if you just go through the motions, I feel like playing live. You're already killing your show. Your show's dead at that point. Yeah. Right? If you're just going through the motions and you're just like, okay, whatever. They don't like it. Fuck. It. I'm just gonna, or I'm just gonna sing or whatever. Like, th- it's just a like you were already kind of going this way, but then you just, yeah, tank. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, it probably. I think it comes from just a lot of practice and a lot of fucking yeah. a lot of hardship. Like a lot of getting down on ourselves as a band at practice. Like we still, we we're practicing the same songs we played. You know. Some of oh. some of these songs we've been playing for over a year, almost two years, mm. and I think it's just kind of kind of beating ourselves up when it's not at the at the level that we are. You know it could be, yeah, yeah. exactly. And we that, that's all the time at practice. Like all, every single practice we had leading up to that show that you saw on Friday, every single practice, everybody left like, "Fuck, that was not good." Oh, I was, was kicking myself in the ass. Yeah, Nick dude. was down like, on I was himself. Like, like I was fucking depressed. So yeah. I've heard Toby's opinion on this. Why is that for you guys? Like, what do you mean? Like, what leads into you guys being like, fuck, like, that wasn't great. Fuck, that didn't feel good. For, for me. Because the final product, bro, again, <laughs> yeah. the venue well, was that- dead. But when you guys started playing, I saw, I, I, this is not an exaggeration. I saw dudes in the front row freaking out. I saw women making out. I saw a couple of people about to fall, like, pass the fuck out. Yeah. Like, I remember after the venue, too, Zach came up. I was standing with Nicole and then his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit, and he comes like, and I was like, dude, that's a great fucking show. And he goes, uh, I don't know. His girlfriend's hyperventilating. Like, <laughs> she's about to die. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, dude, look at her. She's like, I know. Uh, and I'm like, what the yeah, fuck, yeah, bro? Yeah, man. It's- well, well, it comes from, well, for me, at least, um, you know, Getting to play with that was that breath. Did you see that breath? Did you catch that? Did you catch that shit? Did you catch that? <laughs> Anyways, for, uh, so playing with these guys for a long time, you know, we've seen, and especially I've seen, how good we can play and how like the level of musicianship that we're at. You know, we're obviously nowhere near master levels. Ken Tim's going to check the camera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're nowhere near that master level, but we know how well we can actually play. And when we don't, you know, live up to, I guess, our own expectations, it, it, and it becomes pretty difficult. And especially for me, like, 
speaking like the the whole week leading up to the show we just played i just couldn't fucking get it down like i felt loose i, I felt i felt loose and i felt tight and then you know i just couldn't find my healthy kind of balance yeah you know and so it, it was affecting how i was playing it was affecting the tempos during practice and i was just i was kicking myself because i was like fuck like you're better than this you know it, it, exactly, it, it becomes yeah. a point to where you like i know i can play better than this i know i'm a better musician than this during showtime, like, thank God I fucking pulled it together. But, like, uh, you know, I was telling my girlfriend, Nicole, all week, every every day after practice, I'd call her and be like, like, fuck. Like, that practice sucked. And then her first reaction was like, well, who's fucking up? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, me, it's That's me. a supportive girlfriend yeah, right no, there. She's the shit. Yeah, she's the shit for that, you know. Well, she was like, well, who's fucking up this time? Because, you know. It's never me. It's <laughs> never me. It's <laughs> never Nick Morning, bro. No, it's never me. No, it's you, always you. You fuck up all the time. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> it's Bull never fucking me. shit. But no, it was just like, every time I was like, it's me. I just can't. I fucking can't play Sugar. We're going down right. Like, I can't find the fucking tempo. I'm tired. I'm so sad. I'm so fucking sad. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was just a. Uh, it's we know and feel free to have more by the way that's totally you guys yeah yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah but like we know what level we can play at and i guarantee you the reason zach came up to you after that show and we're like yeah well it's all right is because he knew he didn't play up to the caliber he like can play to you know what i'm saying even though he did a great job i'm the first asshole in the band even you'll see me during shows like i'll be like i'll like say hey toby or hey johnny hey zach like tighten it up like you're a little loose like it's not in the pocket I'm always that guy. So these guys come to me in a sense and say like, well, how was that? How are we sounding? How does everything kind of flowing? Zach was having a, uh, he was having a rough night for Zach, but he still did a very good job, but it wasn't. At that venue. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. He just wasn't, he just wasn't up to the standard that he holds himself at. You know, that's why, even though it was a great show, he played well, like really, really well. And like we all did, but it's comes to a point where you have your own set expectations for yourself and how you play. And if you don't live up to your own expectations, then you feel like one, you're letting the band down and two, you're letting the crowd, the crowd down. Exactly. Too. And what, what, I mean, we see what we see on stage and what we see at practice is way different. So skewed yeah, of course. from what the audience is seeing. Cause of like course. most of the, like 95%, 99% of the people in your audience are not musicians. They don't play music. They don't, like they just like seeing music they just like listen to music they might not even think about it on a deeper level they just like it so they're not seeing the the smaller things they're not hearing this bass mm -hmm. note out of place or me and nev singing out of key for this note like they're just engulfed in the energy which is um like something that we were lucky to be able to be good at and fall back on but us from the stage like we can hear those little nuances mm -hmm. of right. ways to tighten it up just to make that show even better like every time we play a show, I don't think like we've had shows where we're like, fuck, yeah, that was like top three shows of all time. And there's a show, you know, two weeks later where we play slightly worse than that. Similar energy where we're like, that could have been a little better. And I think that's I think that's a good thing for us. Just like not being satisfied. I think that's why we keep leveling up as a band and as performers is because we are not satisfied. Even when we fucking nail it and it feels really good. We're like time to get back to work. And every time I, every time we go out and see other people play, especially like we go see mangoes or rhythms, like these guys are amazing musicians mm -hmm. and they've been doing it a long time and you can tell. And we're like, we, we see them and we're like, yeah, those are our homies. Fuck yeah. They're killing it. But at the same time in our own competitive dude heads, we're like, now it's time to get to work. We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get them. Well, what did I tell you after the show? 
Well, you remember I, that? I forget, dude. I was, okay. so, I was yeah. thinking about my thoughts. So after the show, I uh, I told him, like, to tell you, I'd make a point to tell you, I said, you guys fucking killed it. Good job. I was like, dude, seeing you guys play, I got to get oh. my shit together. Like <laughs> oh, with the, with yeah, the podcast. I do remember you saying Yeah, I got to get man. my shit together. Because I've been putting shit off. I've been doing a couple of things I shouldn't have life been doing. Life gets in the way, dude. Because life gets in the way. And I just, and honestly, I just get lazy. Yeah. And my biggest fucking uh, thing that I need to do that's key to the vitality of this, but I just lazy, is scheduling. Right. Yeah. But I fucking. I saw you guys, I was like, shit, man, I need to stop being fucking lazy. I need to get my shit together, send a couple emails, do a couple networking, yeah, and man. get off my ass. Yeah. And like, you guys are, like, personally, are one of my favorite examples of, like, why you need to associate yourself and surround yourself with people that are working hard, mm-hmm. that are exceptional, mm-hmm. and... Even like, because obviously you guys are extremely talented, but even if you weren't talented, you clearly care about what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so fucking important to surround yourself with people like that. Yeah. Man. And so, in the same way, that's why you guys would look up to people like the Mango Case because, in the rhythms, because they, they bring that level of expertise. You're like, okay, if they're doing that good, we could, I mean, exactly like you said, in that like competitive, like, dude brain, it's like, we can do better. And yeah. you start you start to elevate yeah, yourself. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard watching other people perform, and you're in the. It's hard being in the crowd. It now. is hard being in unless the crowd, I'm right? like super trashed and like fully <laughs> engulfed. If I'm like the slightest bit sober, there's competitive juices flowing through my yeah. fucking veins. Like, oh, if I was on that stage right now, shit would be different. Or like, if I was on stage right now, I would have done this, or I would have done this, or like. That's good though. Yeah. Now that can turn very bad, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Like exactly. Any other competitive nature, but like. To exist in that realm of competitiveness and that realm of I know I can be and do better, I personally I would rather exist there than exist in like I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah, I like where I'm at. Well, if exactly. this is cool, that's yeah. Settled, yeah, that's a, just and a form of, level of comfort and yeah. settle. Yeah. Well, because that that uh, existing in that comfortability will lead to settling. Exactly, will lead to being stagnant. Yeah, being exactly. said, like, oh, well, yeah, we're cool. We play the couple of venues here, and yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, $300 past go, and yeah, you know, but, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, then exactly. you'll never make that, it past go again. Mm-hmm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You'll yeah. never make it around the board over and over and over and over and over. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do is, and, is we're not well, you motherfuckers to... about to own the board, like, <laughs> Thanks, man. you know that, right? Like, <laughs> you guys man. are about to fucking own if you keep on this trajectory, you're gonna own the board. Thank you, man. That's, that's yeah. the goal, I think. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's what that works for some people, like, they just like to play, they like to play certain spots and oh, yeah. have a good time and play their music or like you know any any kind of performance are like yeah this is what i do i and i enjoy it i'm good at this level whereas like that's not us like we're trying to change our lives mm-hmm. like we, everybody in the band we're trying to have a whole different life that people only dream of and we can't we cannot stop like it's our it's already like the i feel like the crowd and the the fans and everything has such an influence on it too to where you're like i want to keep going whereas like if we were playing to an empty room it would be tough but like we're like you said we're playing to you know pretty packed launch pad shows at 11 fucking 45 at night yeah because because when you came up on stage you're like oh it's a little late and let's just start going like little late motherfucker people are here like that's that's like like you guys didn't we were shocked i don't think you guys finished your final song before people started yelling encore, I'm gonna be honest. I think the the crowd noticed like in the last five seconds this was your last song, mm-hmm. 
and they and people started immediately saying oh dude this was the one show in that we've ever played that i begged i was begging like internally that the crowd would not yell for an encore i was in so much fucking pain oh, <laughs> See, your thumb. my, thumbs, my <laughs> thumbs fucking exploded dude. And, and like you said the the contrast between the front and the back of the stage i had no, had fucking, no fucking idea clue. what was going on back there yeah, i well, didn't even look back there i was fully engulfed in exactly. the crowd like i came up i came up after the last song and i was telling i was like guys i, I fucking i'm fucking done i was gonna throw my sticks and fucking start walking off the stage but then they started calling for the encore and then before I fucking knew it, Nevin and Leroy, they're all like, oh, you guys want one more? And everyone's like, fire! <laughs> and I'm like, God damn. I was like, I'm not going to be that asshole that says, no, no, my thumb's hurt. You know, I'm not going to be that fucking guy. Sorry, I can't play the I'm sorry, thumb guys. Thumb my, thumb's, my thumb's hurt pretty bad. I can't play And then no me more. and Never on the mic, like, oh, sorry, we can't play an encore because our drummer's thumb's Yeah, that's hurt. fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, like, I was... Like during like I, the, when, during the encore, dude, I was like in fucking agony. Yeah, when I, <laughs> I'm and then sure. It, when I saw it, when we were pa- like after that was over and we were packing up, I was like, I felt so bad. He's like, and Nick was like on a high already. Like you could feel tell the adrenaline was there, but he was still in pain. Um, and he was just he was so angry, but like also happy that yeah. we had a good show. Like it was such a fucking interesting wave that nick was on he was we posted a, a tiktok um this week and it's my thumbs right after the show you know and zach took the tiktok and his thumb flaps like thumb, literal my thumbs flaps. Are, like the, i remember from, the, from yeah. the top to the like the base of my first knuckle here was just flaps right yeah. it was flaps the fucking skin and like i was showing i was showing the camera and i was like that's how you know you play it hard and then i fucking got mad and i was like yeah well fuck you like at the end <laughs> like i was so mad that they let me they kept me like, like, I was so mad that they made me fucking keep playing, but I was like, you know, you can't disappoint your audience at the same time, and that and that kicked me in, and I was like, also, I was like, well, you can't be a bitch either. Yeah, you went, you know, you went like one one hundredth of Dave Grohl broken leg coming back and finishing the show. Oh no, that's some <laughs> tough shit. Man. That's yeah, but that, that's I what mean, happened. I channeled my inner Dave Grohl, inner, dude. Inner Grohl, that's what happened, man. That's fucking crazy. So compare that because unanimously. You guys told me that that Marvel show you did a couple, like a month and a half ago, two months ago, was great. Yeah. One of the best of the year. So, yeah. how would you contrast the two between that Marvel show and then this Launchpad? The Launchpad one was more unexpected. Yes. It was more of an unexpected, like pleasant surprise. Right. Um, would you, okay, so would you consider the Launchpad one a win? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So, why was that a slightly less of a win than Marvel? Or was it? I think we just went in with the mindset like it's fucking late as shit. Mm-hmm. I doubt there's gonna be even be anybody there, especially like the night before New Year's. Like they want to go out tomorrow, they don't really want to go out tonight. Mm. Um, yeah, they want to save it. Yeah, and it's like like it's fucking late. Like I had so many people like even I even felt bad telling people what time we went on because I was like even if I tell them we started eleven, that's still super late to start at Launchpad. See, and I was so happy because I texted Toby and I was like, okay, I know the doors open at eight. Yeah. But when do you guys come on? And he was 11. I was like, oh, thank God, 11. Okay, I've got time. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. thank God I have time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, I, when, I, when people were asking about it, I was like, yeah, just go out. Like you're going out normal. Just go downtown and go to Anodyne. Like hit all the spots. Fucking get wasted and then end the night at Launchpad. And that's what a few of my friends did. And it worked out pretty well. It was the it was the the not friends crowd, you know, the people we didn't know that kind of blew us away a little bit, you know, because yeah, we were sure. like, holy shit, people really did show out for us because you know the the show before that we played at Sister, and that that fucking show we had the from the front of the stage, all the way to the door, 
packed house, people losing their fucking minds. Yeah. So where is the... I'm trying to... Because I've only been a sister maybe three times. Right. Yeah. Where is the stage? So... Because all I'm thinking about is you walk in and you have like where the security guys are at right. and you have the bar that goes all the way down yeah. and you have like the arcades that go this way or they go this way and then come back. Right. Yeah, Where's so the venue when at? You, when you walk in, it's like you have the, you know, the, the foosball table and shit to the right. It's just past that. So it's on the right side. You've probably you know, never the, the noticed dip? it because there's curtains like blocking off the stage oh. from the bar. Well, most of the time they don't have those up. I think that was really? just a pre-show thing. Yeah, I've been, I've been there a handful of times. But you know the dance floor? You've never seen the dance floor? No. Again, I've only been there like... Yeah. Okay. I think the well, last was, time yeah. I went was pre-pandemic, to be honest. Yeah, so it's like right across from the bar on the on the right side. No shit. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it's like a legitimate dance floor. Like, they, I go there and dance all the time. They have events, but they have a stage, too, where they have the DJs. And, yeah, dude. I mean, that show was fucking... That one was wild. That man. shit was next. Was level. that nasty? That dude, it was, was crazy. I mean, it was our... Show. Yeah, and it was our first time playing at Sister which was awesome. We've been wanting to get in there for a long time and we finally got the opportunity. And yeah, it was just fucking, it was magical. It was just one of those ones where you're just like, I can't believe this is my life. Like this yeah. is so much fucking fun. It was, it was fucking wild to see. And it was the day before my birthday too. So it kind of made everything a little bit more special for me too, to see that, you know, we're letting people forget the world for a little bit and just come in and jam out and have as a really an, good time with us as an audience member i'd have to agree with that Thank yeah you. yeah but yeah. It, it was it was wild because you know uh we were supposed to play with Cy Montero that night and unfortunately um their singer <clears throat> their singer got sick and he couldn't perform but uh jaron their guitar player uh had a couple homies come from oregon who were musicians and they're these badass fucking musicians they got like over three million streams on spotify Super like triplet. They're like triplet brothers. Fucking oh, awesome dudes. Like literally the, the like nicest, the nicest human beings time. probably ever to come out of a fucking woman. You know. So <laughs> they they uh we they op we opened the show with this uh this like pop punk band or punk band. Uh, no manners. No manners. Yeah. yeah. And they and they did a great job. And then you know it was the beginning of the night. The 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 crowd's not really there yet. Then when they come on. The, the second act comes on the Saibon Terror replacements. I, mean, I apologize if I, I forgot your band name, but you have three million streams. We don't. We're the assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know why. Yeah, yeah, so. Exactly. Exactly. If exactly. you're watching this, like and share, yeah, please. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest, right? And they come on and, you know, the their music's a little bit different, but they didn't plan on playing. They just brought a cajon out and their, uh, a keyboard and a couple guitars and their, their music's a little bit more vibey and a little bit more mellow and, you know. They, so we're backstage in the green room and I'm playing with my sticks. And continue. We're just, yeah. And we're just trying to get ready for the show. And then, uh, you know, I walk out as soon as they call for the last song. I walk out to the stage because I need to start setting up uh, my cymbals for the, uh, my drums. And I walk out and then it's like half full. The venue's half full. And I yeah. was like, oh, shit. I was like, all right, we got a, we got a pretty decent crowd. And what night was this of the week? December 3rd. It was a Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, it was a Saturday. So that's like peak night. Yeah, okay. exactly. Sick. So the crowd's getting full. Bars kind of jumping a little bit. These guys, you know, they're playing the, the mellow stuff. And it's a really vibey, great musicians. And then when we come out, it's like after every song we played, it was like a level to the bar just kept getting backed up all the way to the door. You know, it, it was just like every, it felt like every song we played, there was more and more people just funneling, 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 funneling until where they had to open up the curtains because they were at the capacity, I guess, for the little stage area to where people had to start 
crowding around the bar and crowding around the door and the pool tables and stuff like that. What does that feel like? That was in fucking incredible. To know it, you're actively working against a uh, a, a capacity. Yeah. Right? Was, like a it, fire code. I what mean, does that, that feel like? That's not, I mean, that wasn't even really on my mind. Like I, the lights, most of the time the lights are so bright, like coming at you, like, cause they're out there in the crowd and they come at mm-hmm. you. So you can't see. I'd agree with that. That was the funny thing. Like, cause when I did my, my competition and I was on stage, I couldn't see the crowd. Right. Yeah. Because the lights were so bright and it's so fucking hot yeah, on dude. stage. I, I was trying to find like my, my girlfriend at the time. I was trying to find her, my coach, my my buddies that showed up. I couldn't see yeah, shit. Yeah, if you're not in the first couple rows, you're pretty much shit out of luck. We can't see you. Yep. But we see yeah. you if you I go mean, hard in the back. And that's not, I mean? at, that's not at every venue. That's just at certain venues. Right. That, I mean, that was our first time playing Sister. So that was our first time experiencing those lights. But those are like, like yeah, I could see maybe like, you know, 10 rows of people back. But there was still like, that was only half. The back half, I didn't even know was there until uh, somebody sent us a video of us playing our encore, and they kind of go around the whole crowd, and I'm like, holy shit. It was like the sea of unending people. Yeah. It was fucking wild. Because I'm in the fucking back behind them, so I can't... I see the first two rows, right? Yeah. You know, like, that's pretty much all I see, and then... uh, when we were before we went on for our encore, they were calling for an encore. Leroy called me up on uh, on the mic and let me talk to him, which I, I love when you do that. That makes me happy. Yeah, because uh, I I'm a fucking <laughs> yeah, chatterbox, and so like when I get to interact with the crowd at a little bit more of like an intimate level, when I can speak and not just behind a drum kit, I love that shit. So when I came out from behind the drums, some fucking girl yanked my drumsticks out of my hand before the fucking encore. Like people were going fucking crazy, and then like Leroy, and then. Uh, Leroy's like Nick's got to say something and I was like and all I did was I just did this and people just started going fucking nuts and I was like y'all want one more and then fucking fucking room exploded and I was like alright that's all I'm going to say I was like alright all right, we'll so play one more so that's what power like, feels like yeah. Yeah. I like, no I now I understand like, politicians I was like, I was oh, like oh no god. yeah I was like oh my fucking god but yeah it was I from going to from seeing the first two rows to seeing like past that to see how many people we were drawing right was fucking wild, you know, because when I first joined the band, my our first show together was this free show, Art Walk, back from COVID, uh, no sound, just a stage behind El Rey, Sh- fucking dog shit show, you know, and that and, and so it did not go well. No, no, it did not. <laughs> Why not? So go into that because uh, so, we've talked about so much about how things did go well, and so yeah. in the beginning, what happened there? Well, I think for that first show, it was a, a new band, a new group of guys, because, you know, Toby just recently joined the band, and then I just recently joined the band, so it was our first time kind of playing together. Uh, so that had a factor to it, and plus my nerves, I've never performed in front of, I've been playing the drums for eight years, but that was my first time ever performing in front of, like, a live audience, so okay. my nerves were a little shaky, and there was some alcoholic beverages that were consumed by some of the band members. Yeah, it led to playing yeah. less than optimal yeah we had to mix our own sound and zach uh, was shit faced at the time so and he had a double <laughs> stack amp and he fucking turned that shit all the way to 10 so the because he thought louder is yeah, better exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah so you just had... hear his bass it's just a <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah and we, we and we had no mics on the drums like this was raw yeah, sound was, for the most part and we weren't wow yeah we had it, and it was a huge stage. Nev ran, like they want when they first hit us up. They're like, "You guys want to play this?" We're like, "Fuck yeah!" We haven't done anything in a while. They're like, "It's gonna be in front of that new mural on the back of El Rey that they just painted. Fucking sick!" Like, just mm-hmm. have you seen that mural on the back of El Rey and Launchpad? I launch pad? think so. It's just a bunch of like different like artists 
Like, no, I did see that. I yeah. did see that. Yeah. So, and then they were like, I was like, okay. And then like a week before the show, we're like, so what's the stage situation? They're like, oh, you guys are just going to play on the ground. And we're like, play on the ground. Like, what? Are you kidding me? And Nev was, and then <laughs> Nevin, his. It sounds uh, like a rite of passage, to be honest. Yeah, but we, yeah. And it was, it was a little rough. So Nev found us a stage. Uh, he, his. Uh, family's company they know the people from abq tents and know that guy so he got us a stage huge stage great stage even had like barriers and shit like the metal barriers oh sick um and then we just had no control over the sound there was one guy that was running sound that showed up super fucking late Mm -hmm. and everything was a mess and then that that energy along with you know the the drunkenness and the the lack of chemistry just fed into a really bad show. And we had that shit packed like 200 people out in that back lot behind El Rey and just played absolutely rough. That fucking set whiffed it hard. It started immediately from that day, you know, from the guy who had the PAs showing up late. And then, uh, the, uh, promoter whoever the fuck it was like fucking up the order of the bands yeah i had to kick a dj off fucking st- off the stage because like, yeah nick's first yeah, show my first show ever i fucking comes in guns yeah, blazing i fucking threw a dj off the stage and i said nah because he started he started playing his shit and then i fucking sit behind the drums and i start fucking just beating the shit out of him and he goes and he, nah slums like, are on i was like nah because we were supposed on. to be on and they didn't tell this de- this poor de- this poor, <laughs> poor kid guy, man. this poor, poor kid guy, he had dude. no idea he was Who, just, i mean no idea no clue. No, no clue. Who but if you're out there listening to this, sorry, but you took up our time. Sorry, <laughs> but get fucked. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, because they had just had oh a de- they had just had a DJ on. And okay. Then they were like, "Yeah, you guys are going on right now." And then they didn't relay that to the guy, <laughs> and he just goes on and starts mixing, and Nick just starts smashing his drums, and he's all, "Fuck that! Slums are going on!" Like he's yelling at this guy in the crowd, yeah. and the crowd is chanting "Slums of Harvard" because our whole it's crowd's our crowd. there. No, what one- compelled this guy to stay? Well, well, he, he didn't. didn't. He he got. He's oh, like eventually. Yeah, if, if, no, he if, wasn't. He wasn't like. He wasn't combative. At all. He no, just genuinely he, had no idea what was going yeah. on. Oh, he was. He was okay. super yeah. nice about it. And he's like, "Oh I my bad." Not, and he took I was. Shit I was that. <laughs> yeah, I was the asshole. Oh, okay. Because yeah, right, things but, had already okay. things had already been going poorly up to that point. Yeah. So I was like, just. I was fucking had enough. I was like, "Fuck this, dude!" Like, it's not not like the dude, but like, fuck this, like, comma, dude. You know. Yeah. But like, but yeah. So it was just. It was all leading up to just not the best of fucking experiences. I thought it was fucking awesome because I had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Because it was my first show ever, you know, and, you know, my girlfriend was there. I had a lot of really close friends there. My dad brought a lot of people from work to go and stuff like that. And then looking at my dad took a shitload of videos of that show and I watch them sometimes. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. I can't believe we made it this far. And, (laughs) And to add on to all of that fucking pile of shit. One, I still have people to this day like, uh, like come up to me and they're like, I saw you guys at that one show like behind Launchpad or whatever, and I'm like, fuck, oh. like that's the last time they've seen us. Like recently, they've been coming up to me like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, come do another show, you'll see what's going on. Right. And then, <laughs> two, we made it on the news. Oh as yeah. Super spreaders. Super spreaders this of was COVID. Like the first art walk back. And we had fucking 200 fucking drunk kids in front of the stage, no masks. Like, and it was funny because our, photog- our photographer, our friend Rob, like he, the, the news interviewed him and asked him for some of the pictures that he took. And I mean, I don't think he had any like 
any malice. He was just like, yeah, like this would be cool to get my picks on the news and like right. talk about the band. And they were immediately like, so like there was a lot of people out there and he's like, yeah, it was like really cool. It was a great time. And then he's like, and then they're like, it doesn't, I assume they asked him, it didn't seem to be very many masks out there in the crowd. <laughs> and he's like, pretty much what he said was like, yeah, masks were not the main concern of people, but the vibes were tight. Like that, <laughs> that's paraphrasing. That is our generation. Yeah. yeah. Like in a nutshell. Well, it was fucking hilarious because in those photos that he took, you know, the, 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 the first couple rows, uh, it's all our really close homies and stuff like that and yeah. they're going fucking crazy they're having a great time and then it zooms <laughs> in there's one chick we don't know who she was she has a mask on and zooms, zooms in and, and highlighted like her highlights face. her they're face they're like there was one good Samaritan like, it was in this so crowd. fucking funny and also before that the, the promoter of the show or whoever the the young lady was, um, I don't know who she was but she said hey those barriers need to be 10 feet back from the stage and I said, fuck that. And I called James. You know James, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I've mentioned him probably every single fucking podcast we've done. He's one of my dearest friends. Big fucking homie. An absolute murderer. You know, like, the nicest, sweetest guy. So I called him. I was Jack like, hey, dude. Fuck. I said, hey, yeah. Ripped out of his fucking mind. I called him. And he's with my girlfriend. And I was like, hey, uh, this promoter saying there's barricade, like there's barricades in front of the stage and they're supposed to be 10 feet back behind the stage. And I said, Hey, fuck that. Pick up those barriers and bring them straight to the front of the stage. When we go on sure. James was like, I fucking got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> sure. Shit. We go on fucking like James and he gets, he recruits a crowd of people to pick up these fucking barriers, slams them against the fucking stage. And I was like, it's yeah. like, that's the shit right there, baby. Yeah. And then the and then worse than that, they didn't even shout out the band. They called us super spreaders and they didn't even shout Not us even out. Fucking... They weren't even like slums of Harvard is the devil. We couldn't They're even get slums spreaders. of Harvard. We're yeah, just the super spreaders. It was spreaders. just our pictures. And it was a, the main picture was like a picture from our backs, like to see the crowd. Yeah. So you didn't even see our faces and Rough. there were some pretty epic pics, but didn't even get a shout mm. out. Those silly gooses over at Channel Seven, dude. What are y'all doing? Jesus give us Christ. some give us some love Come but on. yeah it was we could use the cloud exactly but <laughs> but from from that show from that show scene where we are now and you know we're not um we're not like big big time by any means right but seeing from where we came from from there from my perspective and you've played even smaller like dinkier kind of shows yeah you're like it's pretty wild to see that we can pull a crowd that's not just our friends and family and they actually like we have fans you know we got this one guy shout out nick nick you know who you are man true always comes out every one of our shows he, he uh, one of the first people to buy one of our t-shirts he's always fucking there you could see him in a couple of our videos just going crazy and you know does he have like long hair yeah yeah i know he, I like like nick yeah shout out nick fuck yeah thanks for always uh supporting the band man but he was an a1 day one you yeah know? like he that's was there sick. before the crowds you know so it's cool to see that people we've never met and people we don't even know or have never seen before just come out and support and have a really good time. Like yeah. I said, some freaking random chick, uh, Nicole's going to absolutely smash her face in because she <laughs> ripped uh, ripped my drumsticks out of my hand and then she had the audacity to come up and say, hey, will you sign these after? And of course, I signed them. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. But just Nick, for future reference, whoever's watching, don't take my sticks out of my hand. I'll throw them. All right. <laughs> so let's take a quick pause because I have to fucking piss. Dude, okay. that's yeah. a good call. Good so call. Give me a second. Call. Yeah, give me a second. I'm Instagram famous. I was like, I'm thinking something like 
15, 30, maybe even triple digit thousand. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking huge. Right. Because I know a couple people in Albuquerque that have either been on the pod or going to come on the pod that Mm -hmm. have like tens of thousands of, you know, whatever. Yeah. And mind you, I want to make this very. Yeah. I want to. Neither can I. (laughs) 441. At a baby. (laughs) But, you know, but I want to reiterate too that, you know, to their credit, none of these people have ever told me they're Instagram famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The closest ever to it was um, a comedian I'm going to have on pretty soon. She was like, hey, like, because we have been trying to figure it out. Left, our schedules just keep conflicting and butting yeah. heads. And then, like, I got sick. She got sick. And then, you know, just mm-hmm. the flu, whatever, flying yeah. around. And um, and the closest thing I ever had it was she had told me, this other person had told me, like, yeah, like, I'd love to come on. And, you know, I like what you're doing. I'd like to get you connected with a couple of people. But all that kind of stuff. But it was mm-hmm. never, like, I'm famous. Yeah. Or like me, I, me, 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 me. I am an asset, you know what I mean? It was never that. Yeah. And so, so I was thinking, so I couldn't find. Well, right off the bat, I couldn't find her based on her name. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find her, so I was like, okay, maybe she follows blank or blank or blank. So I kind of did some digging, found it, and it was like five thousand or some shit, four thousand. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's fine. But then what like really tipped me off, and I was like, oh, not even tipped me off, like confirmed, like okay, I die. You're, very, I'm sure you're a sweet person to your friends, and but like you're. It, this is not going to go anywhere further than a working relationship, right. a professional relationship, right? Because I would love, I want to caveat by saying I'd love to sit down and talk to her like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Because yeah. our views are so different. Oh, yeah. Because in her bio, it's like, you know, emojis, my age and my star sign, A cab. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. All right. You've been brainwashed. You're a fucking NPC. Okay. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's why like, I would like to sit down with this person. Uh-huh. And really, pick her brain a little bit, yeah. figure it out because. And I dug into the into the group she's in. They're talented. They're yeah. cool. Yeah, I like, like their shit. Like yeah. I've seen a couple of their live stuff, and that seems pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the personal views wise, mm-hmm. that interests that interests me a lot more in a uh, podcasting world and yeah. a conversational than relationship like to know than you anything kinda. else. Yeah. yeah, understood. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's super cool that you see like division there but you're you'd like to actually talk to them on the pod which is fucking sweet oh, oh i'd love to because, yeah. gap, because as much as i love like talking to you guys we're very similar i'm sure if we got into like political stuff we'd find our differences which is fine but like i love talking to you guys but i also love sitting down with people that are like a polar op not a pole i haven't had a polar opposite yet right I've had like a friend of mine, we're not friends anymore, but a friend of mine that had like very stark views in mind. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's always a lot of fun or like a couple like, cause like my whole thing's like, yeah, do police make mistakes? For sure. Are they all bad? Not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of other people and presumably this person where it's like, look quite to break that acronym down, yeah. all cops are bastards. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, what, where, where does that lead? Cause we were talking about Ray a little bit earlier, right before we started. Mm-hmm. And he said, on that podcast that he was so close and he, he believes that he actually lived in that world for a little bit where it was, he believed all the a cab stuff. He believed all the hyper left or the leftist stuff mm-hmm. and all that insanity at the height of the pandemic. But then he kind of like snapped out of it. And then when he started talking to people more, having these conversations like, Oh wait, no, that's no, nothing is a hyper extreme. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous to think that anything is, completely one way mm-hmm. yeah right and that's just what the mainstream media wants us to believe is that it's all either this way or it's all this way it's either all left or all mm-hmm. right right and it just kind There's of no middle ground or falls happy down yeah. that so i would yeah. love to that nick's fucking... either a bad guy or he's a good guy 
I still haven't decided. But neither I know I he's do. got weak thumbs. I do. I do not have weak thumbs. Damn, these things are freaking made of. But yeah, that would that would be a lot of fun, dude. Pretty much, dude. Fuck. That would that would be a lot of fun to be honest. Yeah, you know what you need. You you said a you said something that you're like too nice of a guy to be a dick in that in like that aspect. Yeah, you need a, you need a, a partner that can be the dick for you. Oh, what was that? The key and peel for Obama? That was the, the, the anger, anger translator. The anger translator. <laughs> yeah, for... <laughs> exactly. Like Nicole is my anger translator. You yes, know? she is, Exa- bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, she she compliments me so well. Like, uh, I keep going back to that sister show because man, she was gonna fucking kill everybody that night, dude. Because you know, it started with, uh, it started with something happening uh, in the green room, and then it starts with one thing. It always starts with one thing, and it turns into a why. snowball effect. And then it started. And it doesn't then the even sec- matter how hard to try. I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> Okay, hey, keep that in mind. We're gonna have some <laughs> auditions for a, a guy that can rap in our band here pretty soon. So you know, good keep, luck finding one. <laughs> so keep your ears peeled. And what do you eyes. mean? There are so many talented rappers. In oh, there. there's tons. So many. <laughs> but like, oh, I'm actually busting up to know one of them. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. I, I, I take pride in saying Notorious T is the, f- the fucking best out there, probably. Oh but yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, so it started with that, and then it started to slowly snowball from there, and then, yeah. and then the second thing was. Uh, this young lady ripping my sticks out of my hand, uh, like when I came up to the stage before we were finished, then that set her off a little bit more. And then, uh, and then it came up, uh, and it just kind of kept snowballing from there and her anger kept getting more fucking like built up and it wasn't aggression towards me or anything like that. It was just like, Nicole's got my back, yeah. you know, period. She's got my back and you know, she knows that I'm a very friendly, positive guy, especially to like strangers and people that I haven't met and things like that. But Nicole has no fucking problem being like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> You know what I mean, this and that's true. Well, and that's one thing I love about her too is is that she compliments that side of me so well. You know, so that's what you need to find is someone that can be that <laughs> asshole for you. You know what I mean? Hey, you find some angry chick around here. <laughs> no, she's not an angry. person. And there's a lot of them. No, she's no, not. I she's know, not no, an angry. She's person. super nice. Oh no, yeah, she's, she's fucking she's wonderful. Sweet. Yeah, she's wonderful. But yeah, when she when when it's geared towards me, like when something's like affecting me. Like Mama Bear comes out, you know what I mean. Like in, in that kind of aspect, she's got yeah. my back, and for that, I'll always appreciate that. And you know, it, can she, I be can I be completely frank? Yeah, always. A hot take about Nicole. She's fantastic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was. I was like, you better fucking watch I, what you say, dude. Dude, I saw the sunglasses like slide down a little bit, and I was like, yo, my gun is upstairs. I, was like, dude, I, was like, I can't help I was like, you. you. I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, no, nah, there ain't gonna be no gun stopping me, dog. <laughs> I, like, I can't. Oh no, I love no, Nicole. She, she's and, fucking, and she's legitimately a great person. Yeah, she's fucking wonderful, I was like, man. Yeah. You sure. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know if you want to dive into Anytime what you're about to say, brother. says, can I be completely frank? And honest, oh, it's dude, never my... going down a never going down a good road, dude. Fucking Noah's stomach dropped, dude. He thought he, <laughs> he did. I was thought like, he, he was thought, about he to thought watch his whole fucking investment in this podcast studio was about to go up in flames. Yeah, I was about, about to break it over your head. Yeah, I'm about to upload this to Worldstar, bro. Like Jesus Christ. No, I'm just fucking. Oh man. boy, I could never lay a hand on Leroy, man. Leroy's a gentle little butterfly. I sure am. I am a <laughs> delicate little flower. He's a good man, though. Yeah. You know, one thing I am curious about is because you guys get attached to so many bands um, when you get whether it's because you know them personally or because like it's just how a lineup works mm-hmm. and i i correct me if i'm wrong but you did a guest vocal spot for the mango cakes right yes okay so what was that like and do you feel your guys's presence being ingrained like like completely 
completely into the like Albuquerque scene like that. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I I actually get on stage with the Mango Cakes a lot, and I'm actually uh, I wrote a song with them, or like I have a verse in one of their newer songs that they that they've been working on this last year. Um, and then also obviously like doing covers because they do a lot of like pop covers. I've done some covers with them. Um, but yeah, I mean they've become they become some of my best friends. Like Tina and Jabez from Mangoes, like I hang out with them a lot now and uh it's so fun to it's so fun being around people outside of your band that have the same goal and scheming with them and seeing how they like helping them how they can scheme and grow and them helping us like you know it'd be sick like those are my favorite conversations and we have those for hours and hours as far as the stage stuff goes it's fucking amazing like just being on stage because i'm more like i consider myself more of like a funk like pop listener and artist um whereas like slums is more rock heavy at this point um so it's fun kind of getting that side out with mango cakes and being able to have that outlet of like you know what it would be like to make an actual like pop song or like a true funk song as opposed to like with slums we have a direction that we're going in which i fully support and i'm a part of but i still would like to do this other stuff it's fun and do you feel like you learn anything? Because I was going to say, because I've checked out the Mango Cake stuff, and it is a different feel. It's a different genre for sure. Yeah. Um, you have the same foundation almost, but you know they, they took it in more, uh, a more upbeat or lighter direction. I think that stuff isn't upbeat, but you know, you're right. You guys are a lot more rock-based, but they're more uh, funk-based. Do you learn anything playing with them that you bring back? I, the slums i just learned that we should stick with the rock stuff more <laughs> because <Yeah>. the level <laughs> the level of musicianship the, is fucking yeah well every, it's what, so good well what's different about them the main difference between them and us is uh every single person in that band is top of the mm-hmm. their top of their class mm-hmm. at musicianship like they are world-class musicians every single one of them um and from across the board, like there's not one person that mm-hmm. lacks in that band as far as musicianship mm-hmm. goes. Um, so it's, that's a huge difference. Um, and they're just, they're, their pocket, like the way they play together, the fucking, the horn section, the fucking guitar player, Tina on the drums, like their vocalist now, their new vocalist that they have. Amazing. Like, it's just, it's so, it couldn't be more different, but like still that same feel of being on stage. Like it's, it's so much fun. And they gave me the opportunity to work with, uh, Amanda from red light cameras. She helped them out with their singer, with their singing, like their vocals, uh, when their other singer left the band. And so now me and her are on that song together. And I, she's like one of the, one of the main people that I look up to on the scene. She's the Mm -hmm. singer for red light cameras. She's fucking incredible. And being able to work with her was just, so much fun. I love love doing that the, shit. The fun thing about Leroy's relationship with all these other bands is that, uh, you know, he gains the knowledge and the understanding of how each an individual band plays and things like this, especially when it comes from the Mango Cakes. And like Leroy was saying, they're all incredible musicians. Like, pockets perfect. They can, they're always in that fucking pocket, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. The, tra- the transitions yeah, between it, songs. Exactly, fucking... exactly. And so the knowledge that he brings back to us is valuable, but we <laughs> we have this unspoken spoken rule that Leroy is the only asshole in the band that can play with other members in different bands. You know, <laughs> like, uh, what was it? I think um, one time uh, Mango Cakes invited Nevin to come sing a song uh, with them up on stage a little while back. Yeah. And then fucking, uh, like, Zach, Johnny, and Toby... I could give two shits, but yeah. uh, they were like, no, nah, 
fuck no like this is yeah. slums of harvard bitch like you know and meanwhile <laughs> our david yeah exactly yeah. exactly and then you know we don't give two goddamn shits about leroy <laughs> they're like he's a rapper right. it's different it's, it's, it's different every, there's no rappers he's the only he's yeah, the only one exactly and like i've had uh offers to play with other bands and i uh I, i'm assuming johnny and uh johnny toby zach the same exact fucking thing but yeah we're a group like we've i've said it I think every single podcast we've done with you, we're a group and we're going to stay together, man, because there's slums of Harvard is us six guys, period. If one of us leaves, there's no more slums of Harvard. It's not the same thing. I'm yeah. glad you said that because I was thinking that, that the last show you guys did, I was like, fuck, like this works. And obviously I'm not creative musician, like uh, music wise. I just don't have that like creative bone in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, can, I know I can't accurately say from my point of view if adi- certainly not deleting, but if a, if adding to the lineup would make you guys better or not. Yeah. But I just know like the way you guys operate now, your chemistry, your stage presence, everything you guys do that ends up resulting in a show like that or the Marvel show. Mm-hmm. You have a really good thing going. Thank you. Yeah. Do not fucking change it. Yeah, man. Do not add anyone. Certainly do not take away anybody. Right. Exactly. Like, that is absolutely, like, it's great yeah. what you guys have going. Yeah, and it's it comes down to the chemistry we all have with each other, too. You know, like, we all went to high school together. Not necessarily. We didn't all hang out in high school. We just kind of, you know, Bro- it was weird how our origin story even kind of happened, but... The chemistry we have now is it's like it's a brotherhood kind of uns- like an unspoken brotherhood. Like I was going through some pretty serious shit uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, with my family and things like that. And uh, I, I was contemplating canceling the show. And I, when I told these guys uh, what was going on, they they fucking said, like, dude, take your time, take all the time you need. Make sure everything's good. Like, well, like they were even saying, like, we could cancel the show if we need to. Of course, that didn't happen. I wasn't going to let that happen. But, you know, we have that support network with one another, too. So it, it comes down to not just because we're all pretty good musicians and we're talented and yada, yada, yada. It's because we genuinely love each other as just individuals and yeah. as a band. You know, yeah. it, it comes down to that brotherhood, which is so, so important to how we function on stage now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And, and I mean, there there is uh, there is definitely value in um, musicians playing with different bands like like Tina will play with different bands. Jabez will play with different bands. There's like we're pretty much the only band that all six of us are at every single show. Like sometimes they'll have like a lot. Pretty much every other band will have other people fill in for certain spots if one person can't make it, or like they'll cut somebody out if they're able to. Like if they can't make it, um, and there's value in that obviously because you're getting to play with different musicians, you're getting to play different music and right. learn different sounds. But I, for us, I think there's more value in just us being us and building that chemistry and just keep building on that rather than like, cause you know, Nick could play with another band and he, he could become a better drummer just from playing a different style and working with other people. But it's just, it's just not what we're looking to do. Like we're not musicians. We're just guys in a band who like to have fun and make good music. Well, here's the thing, right? Scarcity provides value Mm. Yeah, by every, you know, by every uh, definition of that word, Scarcity provides value. Mm. And you're right. There is a lot of value in being able to go and play in different bands or like experiment with those other people, go to different venues, whatever it is, right? There is mm-hmm. an inherent or intrinsic value in having those experiences without a doubt. Yeah. Right. But also to know that every slum show you go to, you're going to get that same six man lineup, right? 
that is inherently valuable because you're one of the only, if not the only rock band or, um, I guess, musicians that's not in the rap scene, right? Like strictly in the rap scene. Like you're the only group that does that. So then there's also something I'm curious about too. Should you guys ever entertain the idea of someone coming in and doing a guest spot with you, seeing you guys, whatever it is, that adds exclusivity to that person doing it? Yes. Because it's like no one's well, to my knowledge, no one has done it before. So we've we've had one person on stage mm-hmm. with us. Okay, that was that was Miles from the Rhythms. Okay, um, and even then, it was a band that you've already said that you look up to. Yeah, right. so that already adds the or that adds to the exclusivity of being able to do that with you guys. Exactly, right. and uh, he they were actually the Rhythms were actually the first people besides Slums that I got on stage with. They were they always have you know uh, rap different rappers and singers come up and jam with them. Um, so they were the first band that brought me up and miles was telling me a story. He, they're super big in California. So they go out there all the time to play shows. And he says all the reggae guys out there in California and like even, uh, just mostly a lot of reggae today, you have these dudes singing in these fake Jamaican accents. Cause they think that, <laughs> you that, mentioned that last time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and they, and they would, which is crazy. One, you're like, crazy that you would even think that that's that's okay (laughs) not that i'm a part of that crowd but it's a little bit of appropriation you know what i mean it's a little bit bit of it just walks a fine line it's pretty mm. there's that (laughs) and then they have the audacity to lace like miles was saying like they roast him they say he doesn't sing in a fake jamaican accent and he sings you know, like the he has kind of like a pop punk voice, like "Where are you?" and "I'm so like they they always do that to him, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, fuck that! You're so fucking awesome for one not falling into that pitfall of like yeah. the this fake accent conformity. and just yeah. being you. Well, conformity to lying to your crowd, yeah, yeah. which is the worst kind of conformity. Yeah, and so that conforming was, to a lie. Yeah, and that was the main reason I hit him up because I, I was like, yo, you're gonna be at the show at marble and he's like yeah and i'm like you're fucking singing ocean avenue with us like I, and i i and he came to practice we yep. rehearsed it and he was like fuck yeah this is so cool only person we've ever brought on stage and he fucking killed it and we made him sing a pop punk song because they were roasting him for us i was like let's fucking highlight mm-hmm. that like, and he fucking killed it so yeah. Yeah, and i have a confession about that dude when you guys do ocean avenue that take i remember where i was the first time i heard that song and it takes me back to that yeah like you guys that's my favorite cover you guys do. Thank you, man. Is Ocean Avenue. Yeah. Like, it brings me back to when I was a little kid, and I heard that for the first time, because at the time, my mom, uh, she worked for Radio Disney. Here, oh, nice. Here, here in Albuquerque. I fucking loved Radio Disney. Yeah. Treasure yeah. Chest, all that shit. Yeah, she worked at the um, at the radio station, and she did, like, the public outreach and their event coordinating, that right. kind of stuff. And obviously, played all, like, the Hannah Montana, Jonas Brothers, all that. But every so often... There'd be a Ocean Avenue sprinkled in. Yeah. There would be a little bit of Sum 41 sprinkled in, like the yeah. cleaner stuff yeah, sprinkled exactly. in. There mm-hmm. would be a little bit of, um, oh, fuck. There was one other pop punk band that they would all, play All American Rejects. Yes. All American Rejects. Yeah. They would always play um, Look at your radio Move Disney Along. Oh, dude, dude. I Look fucking go. AAR, bro. AAR. Yes. They played Move Along <laughs> a ton. Oh, what a fucking bop. That was one of the first music videos I yeah. ever saw. And, um, 
God, what happened then? They were good. They were so good. Oh, and whoever did who uh plain white tees. They played plain, plain white tees a lot too. Hey there Delilah. Yeah. Bob. So but uh Ocean <laughs> Avenue was one of the first like pop punk songs I had heard on the radio. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, it was just a couple of records that I had or like YouTube, right? right? The very early stages of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is my favorite cover you guys do because yeah. you guys fucking slaughter Dude, that thanks, and then man. i love like feeling it in my bones and then i turn around and i see the rest of the crowd having a fucking conniption <laughs> yeah right? they're forgetting covid they're forgetting 2020 yeah. and they are going back to when they were in middle school and yeah. elementary school the nostalgia brother. and it's like I, okay i feel that childlike feeling as an adult and that's in if you can give that to someone a childlike joy that is invaluable oh absolutely people will pay endless amounts of money for to feel mm. that again that's exactly that's, that's exactly what our covers are based on yes exactly. and that's what you guys provide yeah i want to make that extremely clear you cool, guys man. provide that thank yeah. you dude at a top tier level mission fucking accomplished then dude Hell the yeah. fucking like you're saying like that song in particular i i looked it up recently um but i had uh i was talking about now that's what i call music like the cds yeah where they just have like the best pop songs of the year on that cd and i had now 16 they're at now like 113 or something like that <laughs> they still make those yeah Whoa. and uh and i looked at i looked up the cover of the one that i had 16 and it had ocean avenue and i was like why do i love this song and why do i want to play it every single show like why like you said why do i have such a specific connection to this song and it was on that fucking cd that i one of the few cds that i had growing up just non-stop that song well, fucking and, knocker and when you break down the meshes of that song at the end of the day it's a song about hope mm. which is what our generation really needs right now yeah mm. like we really need a good dose of that on a regular basis 100 so i think when you guys play that song and i said this the last time you guys came on um what's so cool about you guys doing covers is like yeah it's my type of music it's the music that i enjoy sure but it's also the music you guys enjoy. You're not just playing it because you know it'll hit well. You're not just playing it because you know you can do it well. It's because you guys clearly... There's a there's this added element to those type of songs that you can't learn, you can't practice. It's either you love it or you don't. Right. Yeah. Right? It's just That's just the way it is. And you guys clearly love that genre, grew up on that genre, and then now you're able to express that love to everyone else in the crowd, and we yeah. and they feel it. We yeah. feel it, dude. It's yeah. fucking dope. Exactly. It's and sick. It's a it's it's a fine line to walk between what you what you like and what you want to play, and what the crowd will fucking lose their minds right. to. Yes. That's like at the end of the day, we're trying to make these crowd lose their shit. And that's one more thing I wanted to tell and, you guys about Ocean Avenue. I just, I don't I don't come with prepared statements, but it's one of the things I want to tell you guys. If whenever you guys get around to putting out your like for your first like full-fledged album, mm-hmm. throw that cover on there. Mm, you think so? I think so. I mean, that I could not suggest that enough. Like cuz you guys fucking slaughter that. So I would love to see what that looks like. You know, Studio recorded mixed Ooh, that'd be kind of cool put together well yeah like because i know like not a lot of people because you'll either have bands that do like a cover here cover there or they'll you like the metallica route where they have the entirety of a garage incorporated that's only covers right Same right that weezer did recently too it, exactly so yeah because that's without a doubt my favorite cover you guys do thanks oh, yeah. man and um are you are you gonna be my girl is another good one too yeah but yeah ocean avenue just that like takes the cake 
Oh my fuck! That's a lot of people's favorite. Movie. I get I get weird thinking about it, dude. Like <laughs> seriously, like it's it's good, man. You bring out emotions in people. It's nice. Yeah. Well, the thing is with those covers too, and like you know, I was saying earlier in the podcast, we play them because one, we like them; two, the crowd likes them; but three, it challenges us like musically. 100%. Like that fucking song. That song's so hard to play on the fucking drums. The drum really? track oh, on that song. If you just listen to the drums, like it's really focus on the up. drums, it's fucking insane. Well, that's a staple of Yellow Card in general. Oh, dude, from yeah. From what I know. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, Way Away, bro. That song, yes. too. Insane drums. like That and Transmission Home, too. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's... It, I, I I think... Uh, who recommended Ocean Avenue? Was it me or you? Was it a collection of both of us? It was me. It was you? <laughs> well, let's put if this... If he's so hard, it was me. If he's saying how much he loves it, it was me. Let's put, let's put this into perspective, all right? Leroy's mentioned covers to the band in the past, and then... I've mentioned them, and then we started to play them. I know. So what's that say? Yeah, because so I think everybody, I... <laughs> every, nobody respects my opinion, and I quit. That's what it means. You heard it here first on Only Kings. <laughs> Slums of Harvard is looking for a new rapper. Fuck out of here. But like, I, I mean, Ocean Avenue, I was down for Ocean Avenue because that's an incredibly hard song to play on the drums, you know. Um Guitar parts, I I don't know shit about strings, anything about guitars, bass, anything strings. The only thing I know is drums, so I can't speak for the other guys on how difficult that song is to play. But uh, the like Sugar We're Going Down, Everlong especially, they're all tricky songs to play on the drums. And I enjoy that fucking challenge, you know. So Ocean Avenue, when, like when we were practicing it all week, I just couldn't fucking get it down. Uh, this, this for this past show, I was like, "Fuck, it sounds like shit. It sounds sloppy." And then I'm glad when we came out to the show, it sounded, it sounded really good. And then same thing with Sugar, we're going down. It's just every time you play them, it's a challenge. You know, it's not a routine, and especially with fucking Everlong, dude. Everlong is yeah. Such a technically difficult song to play on the drums, just with your hands, like yeah. And just on the hi-hat. Yeah. Like, what what fucking Dave Grohl... Every time I see you, watch you play that song, I genuinely get tired standing there (laughs) and singing the minimal (laughs) words in that song. I get tired just looking at you because it's... Uh, he's What he's doing on the hi-hat is so fucking difficult and so fast and... For such a long period of time, yeah, it's exhausting. I've tried yeah. to do it, and literally 15 seconds in, I'm like, "I this is it. This is awful. <laughs> I can't fucking do this." Yeah, man, it's it, it's like, and then to well, add the re- and then to add the rest of it in there is fu- like the kick pattern is crazy. Just the rest of the, the fills that are fills, in there. It's a fucking hard, hard song to play, but it's so fucking fun when you nail it. Like going back to how difficult it was to play, and like I'm a big guy. I don't have the best cardio in the world. You know what I mean? So like, when Not much of a runner. <laughs> no, not by any means. Not by any fucking standards. I don't run. Um, but like when we were first practicing that shit and we were finally getting it at album tempo, you know, we started off, you know, it was just me and Johnny and uh, like I think Toby just dicking off with it and just trying to figure it out. And so it's a slower tempo. And then when you bring it up to album speed, uh, like we got finished playing it for like one of the first times we finished on a practice. He was like, dude, he was like, I can visibly see you like controlling your breathing. Yeah. Because like, well, you have to. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I necessarily, I don't really have to do that for a lot of the songs we play, but like the stamina it takes to play that song at that like album tempo for that period of time. I'm like, the whole fucking song dude yeah. like it's and you got you got to figure out how to control those that breathing and that uh that video you were talking about of nick when we were playing it inside out where it's from the back and the back is open uh 
that video blew up for him and me like i didn't I, obviously i didn't uh, i didn't know it was gonna blow up he i went on there on his <laughs> uh, it was on his personal page yeah. and all i wrote was terrible form uh, and the comments just I remember you telling me about this yeah yep. and the entire world came crashing down on me yeah, in the s- comments and just were ripping me apart like, like fucked idiot they just like they they didn't they obviously couldn't tell that obviously i guess we were in the same band that i wasn't just being a dick i was just like busting my friend's balls and so many people came at me. And it was a beautiful fucking feeling. It was so fucking funny. Yeah, but it was that song, man. It was uh, that song that blew up. I think I got like something around like 47,000 views on that uh, little 30-second video. It was the uh, it was the uh, pre-chorus into the chorus was the, the part that was recorded. The... Yeah, and then that's... I'm not trying to toot my own horn or nothing, but I am. I fucking was. I was killing it. That oh, I, yeah. Killed, yeah. I killed that shit. And it was yeah, just, you're talented. You thank. Oh, you. I appreciate. Really that, man. fucking talented. No, thank you, man. But like, the, the songs that I like to pick for covers are, like I said, we have to like them. The crowd has to like them, and I want them to challenge us, like musically, you know, because I want us to continue to grow as musicians and artists and things like that. You know, we're starting to tighten up our songwriting and things like that. We you know we go. We, we were talking with our producer when we were laying down these um new tracks that are going to be coming out here very soon 20 something is fucking yeah. good by the way oh thank you man thank that you was january 13th sick. january 13th that's when yeah. it comes out baby but uh you know uh we were talking with him and you know typically in the past he has uh changed a couple of parts or things like that to just kind of add a little bit of things to this he didn't change shit on this one he's like you guys have figured out how to properly write songs now like yeah. you know so now it's time to just and by enhancing this, your songwriting, you have to advance as musicians too. So yes, you always have to be continually loving, leveling up with your playing, or else you're just gonna go nowhere. So, but from when we first started playing to where we are now, we've definitely leveled up 10, 10 times, you know, or somewhere around there. But it's reflecting in our songwriting too now, which is super cool because you know, in the beginning, when I joined the band, like our releases were like, oh yeah, these are cool and all this stuff. And now I'm throwing our new shit on, like, uh, these new couple songs. I'm throwing them on repeat. I fucking love the music that we're putting out now, you know, because it's, it's fucking, it's, it's Well, I was good. just listening to uh, Just Talk in the Gym. Oh, yeah. That's nice. a good fucking song. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's Thank a good you, fucking brother. song. Oh, Thank yeah. You, man. That's a good fucking yeah. song. We were, we were thinking about not even releasing we were thinking that about one. about scrapping that yeah. one, dude. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> cool. that's Fuck what I was saying, that's too. Cool. I, that was one that I, I actually, like, listened to a lot. And I'm like, I like this song. It's one of our more, like, lyrically meaningful songs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like so, a, a lot of I mean a lot of our songs are like pretty pop heavy or like pretty like basic lyrically, but that was one where Nev came in with it and then I kind of figured out what he was going for and then I obviously added my part and it was such a fun challenge to talk about something deeper than let's get fucked up. Or I was like, going to say party. who did the songwriting on that primarily? Oh, dude. Oh, lyric writing rather. Uh, lyric writing. Yeah, so it was, it was Nevin and then he sent me his Okay. Uh, he sent me the lyrics for his verse and the chorus, and then I did did my rap part. The machine of demos is Toby, though. He he definitely yeah. he's the idea guy. You know, he's like, really? hey, this sounds cool. Like he, you know, he has his own little setup at home, and Toby's a very he's a laser focused individual. You know what I mean? You, like, I get that impression for yeah, sure. He doesn't yeah. watch TV. He doesn't play video games. It's yeah. work, 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 work. But he loves what he does, and, and like his release is the band and writing music. So. Our ideas and a Which lot of our more work. Yeah, exactly. More <laughs> fucking work. This dude, I don't get it, dude. I don't fucking get how he continues to do that. But 
he uh he's the guy that comes up with like the demo and the main melody kind of like of these tracks and then we kind of all add on we either change the tempo or add on a couple of parts here and there but toby has i, I give toby a lot of the credit for a lot of the shit that's come out and that's going to be coming out because he's like hey what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And he's just sending me guitar riffs and like intros and things like this and melodies and all. Yeah, he's always writing. Always, always, always on top of the writing. Well, and I and to his credit, because I hit him up. Mm, it was before Christmas, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it was before Christmas. I was like, hey, uh, I know you're probably super busy with the band and with your regular job and then everything you do and the holidays are coming up. But um, and no, no. Uh, bad talking anything like that to the person that wrote the intro and the outro to the podcast i'm getting kind of sick of it mm. and i texted him and i was like hey man i'd love to like commission you and then johnny maybe zach to like pull up a new thing um just a new little guitar riff just yeah for an intro and outro uh what do you think He's like, yeah sure let me know and i was like okay great and just like everything else with this podcast i, have to, I fucking i put it off texting oh, him yeah. it's just texting all I gotta do. That's it. I put it off. I put it off. I put it off. And then he was hitting me up. Oh yeah. Like, hey, what do you think? Toby's fucking focused. Hey, what do you want to do? That's Toby. And then bro. finally, he he was like, Hey, listen, we have a new song coming out. This riff gave me an idea for a different riff. I've written it. I've recorded it. I will clip it and send it to you in the next week. And I was like, Who? Where the fuck Dude, did Toby, you come from? Where Toby's does a he fucking find monster? The fucking time. I don't get it. He works twelve hours a day. I like know. like. But no, it's not an easy fucking job what he does. You know, yeah, he does like yeah. engineering shit over at the labs, man. And then he comes to practice and he's like, and when he has his time off, he's working on his units. You know, he's, yep. he's putting in fucking flooring or painting the walls or building cabinets. He's just a, he's, he's, Toby's a man's That is man, why I like, you know? like I said, like I love fucking knowing you guys. It's yeah. like, I got to get my shit together and see <laughs> like, how hard you yeah, fucks Toby's the, Toby's the and, kind of guy that makes you feel real fucking bad. About oh yeah. <laughs> and, ethic, you know what I mean? And no, I see that as motivation. I get fired up, dude. Yeah. I see that as motivation. And he's fuck. He's handsome. Like some he's, guys he's really do have it all. Like he's he's just got he's got the kindest heart. He's so, the, what's like, your vice? Like yeah, what are you he into? He has no fucking flaws, you know. But and he's like a I love fucking Toby, man. And I've known Toby for a little over a decade now, and uh, he's become one of my closest friends. And he's always just been that way. He works hard. At, he gives everything. Everything he does, it doesn't matter if it's gonna make him money or not. Everything he like does is one hundred and ten percent always. And like, you know, that's a, he's, he's a big reason why this band too is also so dedicated to our practice schedule and writing and, you know, that kind of stuff. He's just, Zach attested to that too when yeah. he came on. No, it's the, cause it's the truth, you know, we're not just blowing smoke up Toby's ass because we love him. It's just the fact about who he is as we're a doing man. doing other things to his ass because <laughs> we love him. <laughs> fucking gross. But yeah, it's, uh, it's actually, <laughs> Oh, I God. hope he made it this far in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh he'll he'll make it. I promise you, he'll make it. He's he's. We're gonna hear about this one later, but yeah, the uh, Toby's. You know, we all work our nine to fives and do this kind of stuff too. But Toby's always the guy that's like, get your ass in gear, you know. And when I first started my job, like my new job that I have now, uh, the first week I was like, hey guys, like I don't want to fucking practice. I'm just exhausted. I got to fucking get my gear. And he was like, nah, fuck that shit. He's like, quit being a bitch. He's yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's also he, hard <laughs> arguing with him. It's the most <laughs> difficult thing like, though. Cause he's uh, like, cause he's, he's like, like, dude, more I work 12 hours a day. Then I come home and work four more hours of the day. And I get two hours of sleep because I'm working on this. And then I do this. I'm like, well, and I still find time to go to the gym at 5 a.m. Yeah, I know what a fucker he is, but you know, <laughs> I can attest to that. My day is, 
exuberantly better when I stopped being a bitch in the morning. The only reason I didn't go to the gym at 5 a.m. this morning is because I bitched out. Oh, yeah. It's because I looked at my fucking, well, I had some shit go down last night that mm-hmm. I didn't go to bed till like 3. But still, right. I, I still had an alarm go off at 5.15. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got two hours of sleep. I yeah. want to go back to bed. And I was like, no. But I know that if I had done that yeah. and just bit the bullet, and is I'm fucking 25. Yeah. I'm on fucking test. I have energy. Yeah. Believe exactly. me, bro. Right. I have energy. Yeah, man. If I just bit the bullet, I wouldn't have been rushing this afternoon. I probably could have done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. My day is always better when I just start it doing hard shit like that. Everyone been fucking doing that. says that. I've been bitching out for 26 years straight, <laughs> not going to the gym. <laughs> I think you're good for one day, man. Well, that's, but you're like you're saying, yeah, if you don't want to fall into that habit, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, everybody says, and my dad fucking says it, and he's 60-something now, dude. He's like, he's like, you know what you need to do, Nick? Because I come home from work and I'm fucking dog tired and I still have to go to the gym. And I've been slacking like crazy on the gym lately, like real bad. And it makes me feel real bad about myself. He's like, you know what you need to do? He's like, you need to wake up real early and get the gym out of the way like first thing in the morning. And I said, fuck that. Fuck no. Like there's no fucking way. <laughs> and that's way. exactly why you should do it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's a challenge myself that way. But I'm also like, dude, I fucking love my bed. You know what I mean? Same. Like, I, it's so difficult for me, man. Yes, my bed is so fucking comfy. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's, dude, it's a detriment. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't seem to find the motivation to get up that early knowing I have a full day of fucking mentally exhausting work ahead of me. You yeah. know what I mean? I can't get my mind right that early in the morning. And like, mm. I'm also a night owl. I like to stay up late. Me like, too. So it's like, okay. Me too. I, I'm missing out on hours of sleep because I'm going to the gym. I'll just hit it in the evening. And, but then, my routine falls out of place because I'm not going in the evening because I come home from work and I'm like, I drive an hour and a half every day from fucking work, like commute both yeah. ways. So I'm doing three hours of driving. Sounds and I know away. people, I know a lot of fucking people do a lot more and all this kind of shit, but you know, I'm just dog ass tired at the end of the fucking day, full yeah. day of work and then that long ass drive. And then I come home and I have no motivation to get in my gym clothes and go to the fucking gym. Yeah. You know, so like it's, it's trying to find that healthy balance and everyone's like, just wake up early, just wake up early. And I'm like, yeah. no, fuck you. Well, no. See, what I, what, what I, well, the reason I always advocate for waking up early, not even if you go to the gym or not, if you just wake up early to do like whatever you want to do in the morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what? It's, yeah, live your You've life, heard bro. of awake and bake. <laughs> No. What about a waking snort? What's fucking hilarious, Leroy, is that you don't even touch the shit. Or do you? I have. You're gross. No, I haven't. No, I'm just, you're a sinner, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I am a sinner. I'm good. I'll, I'll always advocate for that because unless you have, like, I, up until, God, November of this year, um, I worked in a field where I was on call pretty much 24 7, mm-hmm. which really sucked. Yeah. It but, does suck. and I'm just not built for that because. I can't, this is a whole other conversation, but I have no desire to dedicate my life to someone else's company. Yeah, I feel that, man. I have no, I will, like granted, the company I'm at now, I'm very lucky to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to name who it is because of right. things that I've said on this podcast. And they've <laughs> and they've actually urged me not to. Oh, because, no shit. Oh, yeah. Dude, this company that I work for, my bosses are the shit. Mm-hmm. My direct superior, my corporate superior who lives in LA, yeah. they're both amazing. Yeah. But my uh, the one that lives in L.A., we had a conversation, and she was like, yeah, 
Um, no, I think it's great that you run a podcast, but um, if you just not talk about the company, uh, there you I'd, go. I'd appreciate it. And, that's, that's good And business. that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters because I, I think you're great at it, but you said some things. So just, you know, not thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> and, your, like, and yeah. your guests have said some things. <laughs> yeah. Like wake up and do cocaine, <laughs> which nobody does. <laughs> On this well, podcast, but, nobody on the staff on this podcast does anything illegal. <laughs> the staff is me, by the way. Yeah, uh, the, sta- <laughs> yeah, the staff is very straight edge. The one of one. But yeah. I, uh, the, the reason why I'll advocate for that is because I bring up the on-call stuff. Unless you live in a world where you're on call or you have stuff like, or you have a family, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wake up at between the hours of 3.30 to 5 in the morning, nobody's going to bother you, mm. especially with the way the world runs now, the way people are now. People want to sleep in. People right. want to... Or other people who want to wake up that early leave other people alone. And I think that's so nice. But waking... Because I wake up that early and I just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. I wake up. I fucking... I already have my bags packed so I have to think about it. I throw my shit in my car. I get my fucking 300 milligrams of caffeine and mm-hmm. I chug it and take my ass to the gym. Good for you. And I... I know that going through that, I don't get bothered by anyone. Yeah. Like, no one's going to fuck with me. Yeah. Nobody's going to get in my way outside of that year and a half mm-hmm. where I was at the gym. Because there were times yeah, sure. there were times where, you know, because I worked in the caregiving industry mm-hmm. where something would happen. And it would happen every now and again at like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Something would happen. I'm like, fuck, now I actually have to think. This yeah, is when you exactly. were an oncologist? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Um, this is when you were, oh, it was when no, you were on call. No, I was on call. call. I was on call. I was, I was like, like oh. I am not educated. I was like, where the hell did that come yeah, from? Yeah, I was like, I am not <laughs> is that, educated. Is that one who studies birds? Right? Um, Oncologist? <laughs> dude, oncologist. That's a four-syllable word, dude. I don't even know what that yeah. means. I'll probably use that on rap at some point, but I don't know what it means. But, um, you know, and that would actually, like, get me angry and shit. But outside of that, like, I would always advocate for get up early, do what you love first thing in the morning. Yeah, man. Either do something you love or something that... It, that challenges you extremely. Yeah. And for me, it's the gym and that's mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, fucking know that you monster. <laughs> like, you <laughs> get the fuck out of animal. Get the fuck out of it. But, um, I've, I've hit some of my PRs at four in the morning. That's impressive. At man. Five in the morning. Well, that's also comes down to that theory that like you're getting the hardest thing in your day out of the way. First thing already. So mm-hmm. the rest of the day, you're in a sense kind of coasting, right? Not necessarily coasting, but it's like, I run off a, I'll be honest, it's a little bit of arrogance, mm. but most of it is pride. Yeah. And it's like, I've already done this thing that is making me a better person. Like everyone else is behind kind of thing. Not that everyone else is behind, but just that I'm doing it for myself. Gotcha. Right? Because I don't, because if you're in competition with other people that you part, like whether it's people in your workplace that you hardly even know, or it's in competition with people that you do know. Right, that's that's never gonna end mm-hmm. in a poor way. A competition with yourself is never gonna end in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Right, because like you guys were just talking about with your shows, like, oh, this didn't go as well as we could have. But you know you can do better. Yeah, seeing other people, seeing other people perform, you know you can do better because of how they're performing. Mm-hmm. Right, so keeping that consistent competition with yourself, it's like, okay, when I do these things and I do them well, I know I'm on the right track. But then when I don't do these things, regardless of the circumstances, this is how my brain works, regardless of the circumstance, I feel like shit. 
And my punishment for that is now I've really got to focus. I've got to rush. Mm-hmm. None of this fucking lollygagging. I can't lift as heavy because I can't take as much time of rest in between mm-hmm. sets. And it just yeah. goes on and on and on and on. Right. So, like, even tonight I was doing shoulders. And I I should have done a certain amount of weight. And especially because shoulders are my weak point. Okay. I fucking hate doing shoulders. Okay. I would rather do legs. Oof. I would rather do abs. I'd rather run. Oof. I would. I fucking hate shoulders. Yeah. Okay. Can't, I, not oh, my man. thing. Fucking shoulders are beautiful things. I, see? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's just my weak point. Okay. But because I had to go a little bit of faster in my workout, I couldn't lift as heavy. Like, I, I, I can routinely shoulder press 75, the 75-pound 75 mm-hmm. uh, dumbbells. Right. But just when I put them up today, mm-hmm. and I almost kind of knew it going into it because my rests weren't as long. Yeah, dude. And I just I kicked it up and I did one, and I did one, brought it back down, and went, nope, that's yeah, not that's happening. Not, not and going. I was like, Fuck. Yeah. Like, there's that. No, I go what you mean, and that comes down to like the way that I've been working out lately, and I'm not, I haven't been happy with it because one, it's been <clears throat> inconsistent if non-existent. Uh, two, it's bars. It, but this life so inconsistent because you and me are non-existent holy shit it's like someone already wrote that oh my god is somebody wrote that, written that uh, before? he's a real piece of shit whoever yeah. did. but anyways uh, <laughs> he did write oh that. i was like oh, what am i missing wow <laughs> real fan over yeah, here no, no, just, no, no, just just doesn't kidding. even know every word uh, that i've ever said <laughs> okay thank you for saying that because i was thinking about that at the fucking show um that dude that we brought up earlier nick yeah, and then a couple other people in the crowd were singing along to every single original you guys had. Oh yeah, and I was like, I need to listen more frequently. Yeah, dude. I listen to them like every. I know every week I listen to your guys' yeah. shit, but like, these guys are fucking. They've got dedicated fans. Like yeah. these guys are homegrown and have dedicated fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. It is true, cool, man. And that's also, I mean, that's also like the best part of a show mm-hmm. is going there, like. Most of the time, the the spectacle is great, but just being in a crowd and singing the words to your favorite song is the best part. Like, mm-hmm. like most of like the music, the sound is never gonna be as good as it is on the record. That's just the nature of the beast. But like, I yeah, I disagree. A, really, I really do because like so the first time I realized that was Event Sevenfold when I saw them live for the first time. I was like. And I was in the fucking lawn at a sled. I was like, yo, they sound better live. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? And then I found that out again when I was in the pit for them. And then when I was in the pit for Green Day, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, these guys are better live. Oh, yeah. And then honestly, like, because, and I, and I yeah, told well, you. That, that's a big, I guess with Rock, it's, it's a little different. Well, and I told you guys this, uh, I, think I, I, was, I think I was talking to you at the end of the show, that like something happened in the last, like, 10 minutes of the show where like it felt like the amps just got oversaturated or like got blown out yeah a little yeah. bit but like your guys's marble show like your guys's music sounded better live than it did in the fucking studio recordings Thank yeah you, it was crazy Thank you, man Thank it was seriously fucking that. insane yeah. and i think it's just and i was sober for the marble one by the way that's yeah. good yeah i was sober for that one <laughs> and it, it's just uh, it's just different <laughs> different sound different sound systems different sound guys like we yeah. said that carlos the guy from marble fucking amazing at his i job. still need to hit him up if you're oh, listening and, i plan on fucking yeah. contacting you oh, yeah. sorry yeah, i'm up, just dude. fucking lazy dude. He, he's amazing and i mean th- their system is super solid it's definitely newer than the one launch pad is it's a fucking old building it's a yeah, system man. like even the, yeah. the sound guy we had uh saturday andrew He's the like the best guy they have. He's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But even, I mean, even with that system, it's it's a little difficult. To... I felt so bad for the dude at Launchpad because Which guy? that uh, the sound guy. Oh, after uh... well, because that band that had played. Um, were you watching their set? Yeah, when they were playing. I was. Uh, I don't think he was. The but band I was. before us. Yeah. So what happened was they were playing. They did their last song, and then the guitarist gets his guitar. He's gonna go to slam it, but he decides to throw it in the air comes back down and as it's coming back down he kicks an amp and starts like american history x like curb stomping the amp he yeah beat, he beat the shit out of like it. kicking and like the whole his, vibe his, his amp yes okay his amp okay yeah. it was it's, his, it was his. Long, no, oh it was, it was his but okay he's like, i didn't know whose amp it was and so like the whole vibe i don't think anyone else did. the whole vibe of the crowd changed it was like, what the fuck is going on? What did we just on? see? And then I'm st- I'm standing like you know like the little sound um the little booth? sound area the booth yeah yeah the booth yeah it's got like that walled off like half wall so I was standing right next to there and I looked to the sound guy and he just goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, even though the vibe switched in the room because I was I was a part of that vibe, I was like, whoa, you felt it. You're right? gonna fucking remember that, won't you? Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it's showmanship, dude. You know, it's like even though like. The crowd didn't necessarily. But I don't know if I remember that for a good reason, though, to be honest. But maybe some people do. Because I just say that because they were really good. Yes. They were they were good. But they weren't entertaining everyone else like they were entertaining me. Mm. Because a yeah. lot of people mm-hmm. were just standing around and looking. There were like the same four people that were trying to start a mosh pit, but it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. But that crowd just oh, really was, you wasn't. You could hear a pen drop. Yeah. You know, it was like just. Yeah, that crowd really wasn't about the violence they were trying to bring. And so when that dude did his little episode, yeah. it was like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's <I'm scared>. great. <laughs> and, that guy, and that guy's name, his name's Nick, and he's uh, he's been playing music for fucking ever. The guy who kicked the yeah. amp. He's a, yeah. he, I like Nick a lot. He's a, he's a good dude, and he's incredible. He can fucking sing play guitar bass he's incredibly talented but that's the thing too is it's the genre differences too because you know uh the we went on after them right and predominantly it was our show it was our crowd right and again the floodgates fucking open for you that's what i'm saying but if you if it comes down to promoting like the promoter's job to schedule a bill that fits you know, I was gonna ask that right. if it was something you guys had any input in, or if it was strictly a promoter thing. There's uh, there's some shows it, right, like where we have the input where we make the bill, and then there's some where it's just like, hey, we have this lineup. Do you want a headline or do you want to play this slot? Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for that one, it, it was actually just kind of a mix. That's why there was five bands instead of there's usually four. With us, we usually try, like to keep it to three, yeah. So we don't have to go on as late, and like we can play a, a bit a of longer, longer set. set, yeah. Um, and with that one. The guys that opened the show, I envision them going before us. They're Vibe Strong. They're a reggae band. Um, they have mu- like art or musicians from three different bands, and they all kind of came together to make their own. So I thought they were gonna. It was gonna be us, them, and then I was gonna find a third band to play with us for that night. And I guess I didn't relay that to Barney, the promoter at Launchpad, and he found us three bands to play with to headline for. And I was like, fuck, I already told Vibestron to do the show. He's like, oh, we're, it's good. We'll just do five bands. I'm like, fuck, okay. Um, and then he, he set the lineup based, uh, just, I, he just hit people up and saw who was interested. Right. And so that's kind of how that happened. But when we do stuff, like at Sister, we, uh, we had no manners. And then we had Cy Montero because we love playing with those guys because our crowds, I feel like, are pretty similar. Um, Have they, you guys played with Savings yet? 
Yeah, we haven't, we haven't in a while. Um, well, you were going to at Inside Out, but that kind of, it literally got washed out due to the rain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he was, yeah I forgot he opened up, up that show. Um, but yeah, when, he fir- when they first started playing, he, uh, he opened for us. Or he didn't open for us. He played right before us for one of our long okay. cut shows. Yeah, because I want to say that I've been meaning to like hit them up too because they are fucking great. Yeah, yeah. they're fucking savings cool is as a fuck. really nice guy. He's a really okay. he's a really Name's, cool uh, down to earth dude. Man. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. Yeah, so he'd be he'd be a good one to have on for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to sit down with them. They 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 like I remember I was there with the uh, with the girls with the time, and we were really paying attention because it was the first band that came up. We were just having our conversation, but then. They kept playing, and I just like mm-hmm. I kept doing like a double take. I was like, "Wait, wait a minute! I, yeah. I not I don't want to ignore you, but like you're hearing this too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like they these are guys are actually good. good. They're yeah. really and they're good. opening up. Yeah, yeah. No, they're really they're 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 next for sure. I yeah, think. they're super you solid know, four piece. They got the thing is they need to start hitting up bigger venues, you know, instead of playing the smaller shows because. I think that Savings has the fan base to play these bigger venues now, a little like a little bit more shows and these kinds of things. And he's just his songwriting's really good. He does great covers. You know, it's like the original pop punk kind of vibe he brings, right? Mm-hmm. You know that no, e- that sure. like emo pop punk kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and he pulls it off so fucking well. And he's just such a nice fucking dude, man. He's such a nice guy, man. I wish nothing but the best for Savings and his crew. But yeah, and he's he's there. Uh, they're going super heavy on TikTok. So mm-hmm. they had. Oh wow! They oh, they're, had, they're big on TikTok. Dude. Yeah. So they had even way more streams than we did this year. Um, because he, yeah, he's posting like almost every day, like putting out content on TikTok. And his TikToks are fucking funny. Yeah, like his, his TikToks are con- good. consistently putting out on TikTok, and that's translating directly to, um, like streams and stuff. And uh, so whereas like we're focused more on like the live show and bringing people to the venue, he's focused more on like the online presence and the stream. So it's kind of like two different mm-hmm. avenues of promotion. Um, but yeah, we have like, we have a TikTok and we, we post decently regularly, but like we don't have like the following, like we do on Instagram where we connect right. with our fans on a more intimate level, like them messaging us and commenting and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see the two different kind of avenues you can take now as a band. Yes. And I don't, I think once, uh, once like savings locks down, you know, that more intimate marketing, like on Instagram and stuff. And once we, you know, lock down the, the more online presence of like TikTok and stuff, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how that flows, how that flows and how that translates to streams and people at the show. Right. Cause like you, like you said, some bands sound better live. Some people like to see us live. They might not listen to our stuff on Spotify. Right. Um, cause it wasn't the same experience. Interesting. Well, cause and one thing I've noticed about, like specifically the comedy scene here in Albuquerque is they all recognize like who is the better, like the top like five, the top like 10 out of all the working comics here. And they all make a point to promote each other, put each other on each other's shows, all that kind of stuff. And they've built this whole like community, right? Whether it's, they're going to the dedicated uh, comedy club over at dry heat, or they go to the different breweries or to revel or whatever that is. Um, do you guys feel like the music community is kind of the same where it's like, Hey, I really want to put, you know, this band on our venue. They're going to put us on their show. And then they're going to kind of like, it's like a very much a week. Like it's a feast, not a family. Exactly. Like, we're not in competition. It's exactly. like, I'm doing well. They're talented. They deserve the same credit. We're going to bring them Leroy up with us. Best. And- yeah. Leroy said it best a while back. He's like, if one of us makes it, we all make it kind of, yeah, hundred percent. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it, the community has, 
uh, I would want to say, but the, the music community here uh, has gotten a lot more tighter between bands when uh, when we came on the scene. I think you know what I mean. And yeah, it, it's it's because you know we're interested in learning, and you know we enjoy like these people's company and stuff like that. But Leroy definitely said it best: is like if one of us in Albuquerque here makes it, we're all gonna make it to some extent because you know we we built that sense of community, and you know it doesn't come from a bullshit place either. We all just genuinely like each other as individuals and human beings too. Like he was saying, yeah. you know, like the Mango Cakes drummer Tina, they hang out all the fucking time. You know what I mean? That's and, cool. And Jabez and all them and the guys from the Rhythms and Cy Montero. I played fucking, like when I was a kid, little kid, I played soccer with Jaron, the guitarist from uh, Cy Montero, man. And yeah. that's so weird because uh, like Ray... Well, I just had on like a little bit earlier. Yeah. He was roommates with one of the side Montero guys. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No he lived shit. with yeah, he lived with Levi for a while. Yeah, he oh, no Levi. Way. Yeah. It's 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 like Albuquerque is so community based. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's fucking amazing. The, and the like, the music scene is getting so good at it now. Like we have uh and there's like different levels to it, and I'm glad that we've grown enough to where now we can start uh looking at these like more beginning level bands and start helping them get on bills like that's that's one thing i really want to get to is a level where we can help other people out and bring other people up just just like the rhythms did for us like they're our big brothers like i can't wait till we can be like a big brother band for somebody else or like we can help people out the way we were helped out well and there's like this i think across all mediums there's a huge void right now in albuquerque kids again like i said there's this renaissance of fucking art coming but there's a void like there's no like they are the blank from Albuquerque, right? There is mm-hmm. no known hyper famous artist, right? In yeah. any field, the most famous thing we have is Breaking Bad, yeah, right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. And what does that fucking say about the community, mm-hmm. right? Or the culture of Albuquerque, right? But now in a post pandemic world, like this is, in my opinion, for all the flaws that Albuquerque has and that Mexico has, this is one of the best places. Is if you have an art, you want to pursue it, and you're good at it. How hard do you want to work? Exactly. Yeah, and Leroy, Leroy, uh, when it was a long, long time ago, like it was almost two years ago, and when we first had one of our big band fights or whatever you want to call it, Leroy sent in the group chat. He's like, "We just need to fucking shut the hell up and do what we need to do because this is our opportunity and our chance to put Albuquerque on the map for something." Positive. You guys have a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll be real because because of how famous you guys have gotten in the community, there is a level of responsibility there. Mm-hmm. To represent Albuquerque well, right, 100%. and I wouldn't even say like to like censor yourself or to act a certain way, none of that. But it's like whatever you're gonna do, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we all were born and raised here, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, it's that's, our home. That's one of my main fucking goals. Like, yeah, like I think I've said it before. Like my one of my favorite things is learning about where my favorite artists are from, and hearing them talk about things in their songs and on podcasts and stuff like that about where they grew up. Like that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. in the world. And I can't wait to do that on a bigger scale and be able to talk about Albuquerque because this city is fucking everything to me. Like yeah. it's my whole life, my whole life I've been here and I fucking love this city and I would die for this city. And I just can't wait to get to a platform where I can put it on the map and like talk about it. Like mm-hmm. I, how much talk about how much I love it and how great of a place it is. Like you, you brought up a great point with breaking bad, you know, like Albuquerque's known for breaking bad. Right. And breaking bad's this big old crime, freaking drug, like place you think of. Right. We don't necessarily have the most positive of images here for the city, let alone just the state. Right. So 
the level of responsibility is pretty big, especially in the local community. And as we grow and as the, the bands here grow, we just need to really focus on promoting the positive energy that Albuquerque brings because positive energy reflects like positive energy. You're going to, what you give is what you, what you give out is what you're going to receive. It's the law of attraction. Yeah. Like Bingo. what you, what exactly. you put out is what you're going to yes. get. And yeah. we were actually talking about that with, uh, when Toby and Zach came on, it's like how hard you're going to work, the, the goals you're going to have, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And the level of work is going to reflect that. If yeah. you think you're just going to be the band that plays a couple of venues and goes home, that's all you're going to be. Yeah. It's, but if you're going to be the headliners like you guys want to be and right. travel the fucking world, which I'm confident you guys are going to keep working the way you are, you're going to be that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, thank you for saying that, man. I mean, that means a lot to not just me, but the band and it's, it's cool to see the image that we had. Like we had the article in the journal, and that was really cool. Which like, was sick. Yeah, it was like, what the fuck are we doing? Who are we? Like, yeah. You know, we uh, ABQ the magazine. We made that too. Like uh, in the best of the best of the city and all that stuff. And it's just cool to see. You that. made that. Yeah. Let's yeah. not brush over that real quick. Uh, you I, were I, one I of did. the top five musicians in the yeah. city. Thank you. If, I don't want to butcher that. No. You were one of the top instrumentalists, right? Instrumentalists, yeah. yeah. As a, Thank you. Like that's great. Yeah, dude. it was. It was. It was the fucking. I didn't really want to talk about it because the thing is about me is like I'm trying my New Year's resolution, or and so to say, and you know I've been talking about it with my girlfriend and stuff. Is like I need to keep my fucking feet on the ground a little bit, you know, because I, you know, ever since the name Nick Morning has an omen behind it, or like you know this status or identity, uh, my thing is I've been trying to be a little bit more humble in uh, my attitude and things like that because. I haven't made waves yet that, you know what I'm saying? But like the, the whole, um, best in the city thing and seeing my name pop up there, that was like, holy fuck, that's really fucking cool. I was like, but I was like, I can't necessarily blow this out of proportion. Because okay, don't blow but, it out of proportion, but this is something that I've been trying to like, like it's been an exercise both that I've had to recognize and at the advice of my shrink, mm-hmm. like allow yourself to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Allow that. Thank you for that. Like, seriously, allow yourself to succeed because, and then there's a really good quote from Dane Cook. He went on Burt Kreischer's podcast like Mm -hmm. two months ago. He goes, there's a fine line between anxiety and excitement and Mm -hmm. you don't know like where to walk it. But then at some point you want to, you just want to scream like I'm I'm about to fucking win. Yeah. Like I'm about to win. Yeah. And if you feel like you're at that point and that's something I have to let myself do, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to not only be good at something, which you obviously all are, Allow yourselves to win. Yeah. Because if you don't allow yourselves to win, you will not. That's cool to hear from you, man. And you'll keep yeah. yourself in that box. Yeah. And it was just like seeing that in the article and all this stuff. I was I was super fucking hype about it. Don't get me wrong. I was like, yes, that was like, you it, was just, been. it was like my dad called me at 10 p.m. I was like, dude, he's like, he's like, look at your fucking phone. I just sent you a picture and my name was there. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, that's pretty fucking cool. Because yeah. people had so people that don't know, because I like surprisingly enough, there are a couple people that out of New Mexico that listen Hell to this. Hell yeah, baby. So we are uh, Albuquerque magazine every year. They do the best of the city and it is 100% now granted like are some things slanted towards the other. They pick things because mm-hmm. of whatever, like there was a huge controversy like in the comedy world because they pick somebody who's hardly ever here. But because oddly enough, he's an actor in breaking bad. Mm-hmm. They put him in the magazine to keep the publicity up. But outside of that, like every category, the people who win one through five is, voted on by the people in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your fans chose you. Yeah, dude. well that's the fucking weird thing to think that I even have fucking fans. You- <laughs> because I'm like, I'm just the asshole that beats the shit out of a drum kit when I got 
Leroy, who's got the nastiest fucking moves on planet Earth. Nevin, who's got a great voice. Toby with the beautiful smile. Johnny with his fucking ex- like exotic energy, and Zach with his fucking magic bass fingers, dude. I'm like, I'm like, how the fuck out of the whole band did the drummer make the list? Or maybe you know? you're the guy in the back that keeps them all in tempo yeah. and makes sure they do their job properly. Yeah. I never really looked at it that way. That's cool. But it to look could at it. be. Yeah. That's because cool. if you fuck up your tempo, they don't know where to go off of. Yeah. Because like I was saying earlier, like from the back to front, mm-hmm. right? You're all keeping each other on track. Because I would imagine that if the drum, if the drummer fucks up, then the bass player who also keeps the that keeps like the tempo for mm-hmm. the other guitarists, right? They're gonna fuck up. That fucks that up, and then all the energy for the vocalists, yeah. that's not there. Yeah, the drum, the drummer is and the it's, foundation. It's the of, backbone of, of the, band, the band of the band, you know. But like one I, band, one sound. One band, one sound, <laughs> dude. But like, yeah, it's um, it was cool to see, but it was also a shock because I was like. Do I? I don't even really think I fucking deserved that kind of like recognition. You know, I mean especially over like you know these guys that i play in the bands with and like some of the musicians like around town i'm like i don't have any training i'm all self-taught like there's been uh people who've been breaking their back ever since their kids to be great at their instrument right and i was like so why the fuck did i make the list kind of thing i was battling between that and also being like i'm the fucking shit you know like like, (laughs) like, it's like the reason i made this is because i'm the fucking man you know i'm nick i'm nick the machine morning you know like there's been yeah your stage names fucking cracked me up it's his it's this fucking guy dude i was in the audience and we started naming off the off the um i i noticed it on like the third person i was like wait a minute his last name isn't Sex. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, these are stage names. That's yeah. sick. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, the and fucking Leroy gave me that fucking name like one of the second, second or third time I even came with the band. The, the machine, man. The machine, dude. But it fits. Uh, thank you. Oh, that's what I'm talking about, bro. But yeah, it was south of the border. Yeah, and then the <laughs> band we made that top five list this year too, which was super, super fucking cool to see. Uh, you know, but yeah, that felt really good. It, it it showed us, you know, between the article in the journal, the Albuquerque the magazine, the turnout with the crowd, the uh, presence on social media, and like it's all starting to grow. It's been incredibly surreal to you know. I think all the guys can attest to that too. Yeah. Like, how the and, fuck are we even? Like, we're not. Like I, I keep saying this, we're not close to. We're we're not close to big time, right? But like in the city. You're known. Yeah, I mean, like, I've yeah. had people Even come up getting, to me and be like, yeah, you're the getting, fucking... Getting recognized around yeah, town. Yeah, getting recognized. It's the weirdest like, fucking wild. thing ever. I had some dude... Was, <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if I told you and the guys this story, but uh, it was one weekend, and uh, I was high as hell. Like, <laughs> I was so stoned. Uh, and when I'm like that, I don't like to be out, go out in public. Right. But, you know, um, Nicole, she was like, let's go to CVS. We need to pick something up. And it's right across the street from my house. And I was like, okay great oh it was a package i was getting a package and they deliver it there whatever uh so i'm 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 incredibly stoned yeah i just i've got big lungs dude leave me me the fuck alone continue continue all right but anyways uh (laughs) uh so anyway so i go in and i have this pre-rehearsed script in my head like what i'm gonna say to the cashier who i am here's my idea my idea like dude i only got i've only got you only got one set of words yeah i was like i was like okay i was like i'm i'm too stoned to be doing this but i have to do it so i go up and I, i go through my script he's like he's like i know you and i was like 
oh fuck this isn't on the script <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, Live? I was like i was like dude this is not on the script he's like he's like he's like you're the drummer for slums of harvard and i was like i was like oh i was like yeah i was like i probably turned him off from the band because i was i was just i didn't know what to do with myself because <laughs> it wasn't it was I, I needed a fucking line i needed a line right there so i come back into the car and i sit down and i was like Someone recognized me. I told Nicole, and I was like, someone recognized me from the band. I was like, I really wasn't the nicest guy I could have been because I just, I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I wasn't mean. I was I just scared. Yeah, I was just like, I, I, I didn't rehearse this. This wasn't planned. Like, I was like, why now? Why why now did this have to happen? Why also, fucking... why weren't you in there with me? You, you could have been like, yeah, in there. I, I needed my support system <laughs> with me. Why were you waiting you know? in the car? Well, because I thought it was going to be an in and out. Here's my ID. Keep the car running. Keep it warm. You know, so then I come out, and I'm like, shit i was like i did not like i love i love meeting fans and if you know they're so few far and in between but when we get that recognition when i get that recognition or when we get that recognition it's fucking incredible and we love it and we love engaging with the fans but this that time i could not fucking handle it i was yeah. just like i was like i can't i cannot attest to anything you're saying right now dude like i'm sorry it's not you it is me it is 100 percent me but like yeah it was a it's weird to kind of get that recognition around town, and uh, yeah, My, and it, I think it was with you too at the gym when we first met, right? Yeah, it was when we. The funny thing is, when we met, we met at Legion, which was the gym we went to, and um, he was like, uh, "I forgot what you told me exactly." You're like, "Are you in that band Slums of Harvard or something?" Like, do you play the drums? Or well, because like I had yeah, because I had heard about you guys because a girl that I had on previous to that, maybe like two or three months, her name's mm -hmm. Christy. She was telling me about the band. Mm -hmm. And then she was telling me about how one of the band members had asked her to make like the initial tie-dye. Um, Christy Aragon? Yeah. Aragon? Yeah. What? You had her on the podcast? Uh, yeah, that's her. Oh, with Holy the hearts shit. on the dotted. Holy that's shit. It. Yeah. I did not know So that. when she created your guys, so fun fact is when she created some of the first batch of your guys' tie-dye, that was created in my garage. Oh, no shit. <laughs> well, thank because, you. Because her, uh, her friend, uh, another great conversation I've had, I want to have him back, um, uh, fucking Isaiah. Yeah. Oh, Zay? Yeah. What yeah, the yeah, fuck? Isaiah, yeah. So, he's, so under the, uh, the N and the L, that's him. What? Yeah, so uh, when he came, uh, she was like, yeah, it was, this was a separate time. She's like, yeah, I've got some church to make. That's okay. I'm like, yeah, fucking live your life, whatever. Yeah. That was at my old, <laughs> yeah, that was at my old condo. Um, so <laughs> that was the studio before you guys had come on for the first time. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. and she told me about you guys, and she let me, like, she showed me, since you sent me uh, the page, like, you need to have them on. You need to fucking talk to them. And I was like, I see the drummer and his girlfriend at my gym. <laughs> oh I don't know them, yeah. but I if it comes up, I will say something. If not, I'm gonna stay far away. Wow, oh, that's okay. Oh yeah, because you guys like you guys are known like, and it's a big thing to like talk to. It's it's awesome that I'm fucking friends with you guys. Oh yeah, yeah dude, we but, love like, you, man. In the beginning, it was like, oh fuck, they're like something in this dude, city that's such horseshit and I'll no tell, I'll it's tell true you why. and i'll tell you it's exactly true, why because around that time we, it's I've, true. I've played like three shows with these guys that's when we were first starting to kind of like gain tiny bits of traction people knew you well, i know i could tell because you came up i was like what the fuck i was like well because i was well known in like the gym community so i thought like you were coming up yeah to me, because like, yeah, you the were community. a fucking silverback gorilla <laughs> thank you man <laughs> thank you man but i was like oh he's just gonna come up at my yeah it is silver this fucking guy this <laughs> motherfucker dude but i was like yeah i was like oh he's just gonna talk to me about the gym and it was weird to see someone come up to me and talk about something 
that I was just starting to put my identity into. You know, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, this isn't about the gym. I was like, you don't want to talk to me about the gym? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know how to talk about this band yet. You know, like, I, I haven't know. gotten the script yet. Yeah, I was like, dude, maybe I was, maybe I was a little too stoned when I was talking to you, dude. You know, <laughs> dude, that's so, that's so funny that Christy made those shirts because my, uh, my barber, um, shout out Dell, the, the boy, he, uh, I, he bought a shirt from us, or like actually, I think we exchanged a shirt for a haircut. Uh, That's it was like good. 20, twenty-five. That is a great. Yeah, it was exchange. like twenty-five for the shirt, and then twenty-five uh, for the haircut, and nice. I think we just exchanged. And then he, what was crazy to me is like he wasn't just like supporting a homie just buying a shirt. He actually wore it out on the town. I had seen him out on the town like at Salt Yard or something wearing it, and I was like, holy shit! Like I have never seen you out in the town. One and two, you're fucking wearing our shirt. That's so sick. And then he told me, or one of our friends told me, um, they saw him at Dirty Bourbon wearing the shirt. Oh, And they shit. were like, where'd you get that shirt? And it, Christy was with them. Uh, and he's like, oh, the uh, one of my homies that I cut his hair, he's in, the, he's in this band. And our friend was like, she made that shirt. Like, she did the tie-dyeing <laughs> for that shirt. And he's like, oh, shit. And like, that happened in my garage. That's so strange. Yeah, that's fucking wild. <laughs> well, no, I've actually... The funny thing is when I was texting you maybe a month and a half ago about getting uh, like who to contact in the, in the mango cakes, Yeah, right? When I was I was at Liberty at that point, Liberty Gym. And uh, it's happened a couple of times. The black shirt that has the logo mm-hmm. and then the the name going down the spine. Yeah. I've gotten compliments at the gym with that fucking shirt. Yeah. It's like, who are those guys? Like, what kind of shirt is that? And it's like, and every time I feel so bad because every time I'm like, okay, I'm going to text them about it. But after the workout, I'm going to focus my workout, (laughs) get done. Priorities, baby. It's okay. But then after the workout, I'm like, fuck, I just want to go. Well, so then you dude, inadvertently we, probably brought some people to our shows, and you might not have even... I wouldn't go that it. far, I but would. maybe. Dude, maybe. we... But Yeah, we had a dude DM us on Instagram the other day. He, like, followed us and liked a bunch of our shit, and then he DM'd us. He's like, dude, you guys are fucking awesome. That's uh, I'm telling all my friends about you guys, and then I was like, that's so sick. Thank you. How did you find out about us? And he's like, I just saw some dude... Walking down the street with your sweater on the the new sweaters we have. Speaking of which, we got new merch out. Uh, I love that gray sweater. By the gray, oh, hell yeah! Uh, gray crew neck, crew have you gotten sweaters. one yet? Have you gotten one yet? I have not. I think we need to get you one. Yeah, we'll get we'll get I you would, one. I would love to have one. Um, those are those look comfy. First of all, they're great. Yeah. And second and, of all, they just look fucking cool. Yeah. I love that college sweater that I bought from you. Like, love it. Yeah. yeah. Fucking love it. And we. Uh, yeah, and then he, I was like, how'd you find out? He's just like, I saw some dude on the street wearing that sweater. And I was like, that sweater's fucking hard, bro. Like, where, where'd you get it? And <laughs> he, Mexico. Yeah, and then he, the, I don't know who, I still don't know who it was that he was talking to, but uh, they were, he just explained the band, and then he looked up the band and when, looked up our music, and he was like, dude, this is fucking sick. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's just, it's coming from different avenues, and it's so fucking weird getting recognized one because like i mean i feel like we've all been pretty low-key our whole mm-hmm. lives like no well, i mean to- toby was toby was like pretty popular growing up like you guys played football so right. you guys were like some of the fo- popular football guys but like the rest of us we've all kind of been like low-key kind of not wallflowers but just well, like i mean the way i see our generation is our generation is forced to, su- to succeed yeah. Like, unless you want to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with doing a nine to five for the rest of your life, right. making money, you know, living yeah, the normal, the nuclear family, even though that's like actively dissolving. But like, if you want to live that type of 1950s life, whatever. Mm-hmm. But because of the way things are, for our generation to do something great, 
you are forced to succeed and be exceptional. Absolutely. You yeah. are forced to. Absolutely. And I would honestly argue that w- with the exception of the 1% of our generation, we started at a fucking disadvantage. Like, if you look at the things that our generation has been through, right, as we were growing up, before we were even 18, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's it's inc- that's why it's so awesome for people like me to know, like, hey, these guys can do it. Why can't I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. what like that's the type of energy you guys are bringing to Albuquerque. Well, it's that's, nice for us to know guys like you because you give us a platform to where we could just kind of, you know, just sit and talk and have a normal conversation so we're not these like in a sense figures and I love that personal human connection. And also, yeah. you're the fucking man, period. <laughs> like period. Like what you do, we love and we'll support like anything you. you do with this, man. So we got you for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, yeah. Yeah, going going back to what you said, I feel like that's that's kind of what this new song is about, like twenty something. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of like a just a encompassing our generation, like the the nine, you know, the ninety fives to ninety nines, like that, the twenty somethings right now. Like yeah, we're man. all every like you said, like we maybe we came in at a disadvantage because so much crazy shit's going on. Like everybody feels lost, and we look back at the previous generation. Like they're all they all owned homes super early. They all had families super early. And we're comparing ourselves to them, and we're like, fuck, we're so far behind. We feel like we're so far behind. We feel just fucking lost in this machine. And this song is kind of encompassing of that. Like, it's okay to be lost. It's okay to be a fucking dirtbag. Like, it's okay to be a piece of, like, it's okay to be trash. It's okay to be whatever you want to be. Just keep moving forward. It's an anthem for basically saying, I'll grow up when I fucking want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what Nev's is chanting at the end of the song. Like, I'll grow up when I want to. And it's okay. Like, take your, everyone's got their own path, man. Yeah. And people and need I, to understand that it's okay to, you know, be behind the curve. Like, whether you started college, like, late or whether you graduated later, you're getting your career late. It's okay. Whether you're still, it's okay. Whether you're still single, like, in your late 20s exactly. and whether you, like, you know, any anything like that. And then it's just, yeah, it's just kind of attesting to that whole idea of, of being lost and it, it being okay. Well, I think that is a beautiful note to end this song. Yeah, fair um, enough. So when this comes out, you guys are in. So tell me where you guys are at in Arizona, the new song that's out, yeah. and where you guys can get found for all these things. Yes. So uh, 191 Tool in Tucson, Friday, January 13th. Um, new song, 20-something, coming out January 13th. Um, every single platform. If you want to reach us, best place to do is on Instagram. Um if we have Facebook and Twitter and stuff, but best place to reach us on Instagram if you have it. Um, yeah, check out the new song. We really made it for for the people. We want it to be just kind of an anthem for for our generation. So, mm-hmm. well, this has been fucking great. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, it's I, always uh, a pleasure. I love talking to you guys. I love seeing you guys out. In general, I ran into you, Dirty Bourbon. That was funny. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, this has been an absolute fucking blast. Yeah, man. And seeing your guys' rise has been nothing but beautiful, and thank it's you, going to continue over the next twenty twenty three, man. Thank you, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah man. So thank you, thank you guys for coming nah, on. We love we love coming on, and we we love just sharing time with you. I mean, even it's fucking what is it like ten o'clock at night right now? Like on a Thursday, we like who gives a shit? You know, we, yeah. we, we enjoy doing this and, and we love supporting you. And you. 
we just can't thank you enough for giving us a platform to just be ourselves and speak on some things, man. So we love you and, you know, we wish nothing but the best for you and your ventures too, man. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for listening and watching and we'll see you next time. Oh, thanks, Bye, everybody. Guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs>